The Commander Crunch Podcast is brought to you by PureMTGO.com. Head over there for great articles covering all formats of the game we all love. This podcast is also brought to you by Josh and Pat's MTG Bazaar, your home for magic card auctions in Australia, New Zealand, and Malaysia. Now, on to the podcast. It's breakfast time. Welcome to Commander Crunch episode 33. You're here for your nutritious serving of tasty Commander treats on the regular. We're all about celebrating the culture, community, and creativity of primarily our favorite format of Commander, plus a side serving of entertainment and pop culture discussions for ancillary influences. I'm, of course, one of your hosts, Sam, and I'm joined, as always, by the Thrasher of Waveforms, Cheshire. How you doing, man? I am a potato! <laughs> Just yeah, but uh, you got the bird agrees. You, we're, we're, we're we're graced by the uh, the presence of potato chesh today. So um, yeah, look forward to. Wow, some... you calling me fat? I mean, what you said? You're a potato. <laughs> <laughs> you're well. I mean, you know what? That does link with my little shade I was throwing. Your potato quality chesh, which is uh, <laughs> you know soon to change. We, we're going to do our best, but uh, yeah, we're joking. Before we uh, we kind of. I have fun doing what I can with Cheshire's audio. Some weeks it's wild, some weeks it's actually really clean. I don't know what he does on his end, but um, yeah, it's it's comes at me in uh, in in various forms, and um, I have to do what I can. And and you know, thankfully, uh, we've kind of managed to salvage it most of the time. And um, there's times when there's there's transport tycoon going on in the background. That's uh, you know, uh, submarines and planes and toasters and whatever else. But um, you know. We love having you around, Chesh. It's fine. <laughs> That's a lie. Keep going. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> well, let's not talk about that. That's fine. Um, uh, I do want to introduce, of course, our guest this week, which uh, you know we, we always love to do, and, and, and it wouldn't be a show uh, without a good conversation with a, uh, a fun member of the community. And this is really hard to do, and trying to introduce this the second time without using the same words, but I kind of have to. <laughs> we just lost some audio. That's fine. Um, as it always goes, our, our guest profiles with the community and creators have become a place to share and explore the essence of Commander and why we play it in an effort to promote and celebrate those in the form of awesome conversations with awesome people. So uh, we're, of course, joined this week uh, by a part of one of the most important parts of, I think they're all important parts of, uh, one of the great Commander communities that we we can't shut up about. We love them. Uh, the Dive Bar of EDH, MTG Lexicon. Uh, the part of that we're talking about is totally not a robot is the enigma it's nick g aka g3 and that's why he's here for episode 33 all things threes <laughs> i you, you know the the first intro that we lost the audio for i didn't think about that but then when you were just talking about episode 33 i was like oh yeah, yeah g3, exactly. here illuminati, here illuminati confirmed like yeah <laughs> <It's> just, <laughs> confirmed <laughs> yep uh yeah i thought that this yeah i'm glad i'm glad to be oh, here we we We've looked forward to this for quite some time, and um, you know it's it's a funny one. I joke about you being a robot because uh, we, you know, spent some time uh, hanging out on streams and stuff like that. I mean, uh, Cheshire myself would appear on Lexicon, uh, still do from time to time, but uh, for for the longest time, it seemed like I only knew of you in the in the comments because uh, you you weren't there in voice form. So uh, the joke was, of course, you were a robot and um, we're joking before that you, you must get served up all those captures by Google going, are you a robot? And um, yeah, I was uh, <laughs> bewildered to hear your actual voice one day. I'm like, oh, you're real. <laughs> that's, yeah. I mean, that's just a, um, you know, side effect of, of the pandemic. The rest of the guys are, you know, f- fairly 
fairly safe in in their work and they're mm. able to go into our studio and play together but i have i have a family and so i i've stayed at home and i've oh, over the last few months i've done less remoting in onto the stream um and so i haven't really been on the stream as much so people you know it, it it's very easy to assume i might be a robot <laughs> if you all you see of me is is a a little person in chat who claims to be part of the the channel yeah. but all you're seeing is is bad takes <laughs> and and bot messages from me. Oh, no, but it's, you know, an, an absolutely intelligent person to boot, and and someone we absolutely appreciate having around, and and someone that inspires me uh, in that group of, of of people who go, oh, if you ever got creative uh, block in Commander, it's like have a chat to Peter, have a chat to to G three, have a chat to you know whoever else, and it's like always got wild ideas, but. Also, it's that element of um, support, and yeah, I mean, you say that it's it's also um, you know well, you can always find G three elsewhere too. Like it's like you're always around the the lexicon community, of course, uh, be it in chat, but you know if it's if it's on the Discord, we're usually hanging out, playing some games off stream, that kind of thing, anyway. So um, yeah, well, I pr- I appreciate the high praise. You know, I I, I often think I'm not <laughs> shit, and then to hear people say, "Hey, you're you're kind of shit." Makes me makes me a uh, who's calling you shit? No, like apparently <laughs> no, I, 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 like, I will just fight them. I will fight them because um, you, you, I'm, I'm not gonna lie, Nick. You're one of my favorite people in, in the commander community. I was saying I'm not shit. <laughs> good. I'm good. saying I was bad, and you're saying I'm good, and that ah, makes exactly, me feel good. exactly gratified. <laughs> but um, no, it's yeah. You you have been one of the people that we we have. I, I would absolutely put down as a support network, and and I've I've seen. The way Lexicon, uh, I've kind of explained this before, that it has helped a lot of people really, like that kind of community. I think that held us all a little bit together last year, and you know continues to do so. Um, we've got a, a bunch of you know regular names there that feels really like the regulars at the bar. Um, we can jam on every, any weekend. We're all there, and <laughs> you know sometimes it's not even about playing Commander. It's like we'll just talk for a few hours afterwards, and and it's about life. It doesn't even have to do with Magic, and and they're those reinforcements. It's like, hey, Magic is is a conduit, but it's like there's so much more else, and and we've you know sappy as it sounds, we've made lifelong friends. So um, yeah, appreciate uh, appreciate you being around, dude. Thank you. Thank you. I appreciate you, and I'm I'm glad to have been. I don't want to say integral, but just your the the come up on your channel has been really cool to see, and and just being part of that has has made me just actually proud, <laughs> not jokingly proud. Like I'm, I don't know. I I it's the Lexicon channel's been we're in our sixth mm. year now, and like it, we've just done it yeah. for the fun, and so. At times, I've been the person who wasn't always doing it for the fun. Like I, I'm, I was looking at the numbers and I'm trying to get the, you know, we got to get the get the gameplay vods from Twitch and put it over to YouTube. But only only before we can get on YouTube, we gotta get a thumbnail and we gotta get the timestamps and we gotta get the mm. commander names and yada yada yada. And I was really stressing myself out a lot about that towards the beginning of last yeah. year and uh, some of that in like 2019 and just. You know, I, I've gone through periods of burnout where compared to some of the other hosts on Lexicon, I care a little mm-hmm. bit too much and that causes me to burn out and then I back off a little bit and then I feel guilty about not working on the stream because the other guys don't really work on the stream and that's not me calling them out. Oh, it's like a, a a matter of like yeah, time. Everyone's and got their different yada, styles yada, yada. Yeah, so it's, of involvement it's, as well. Yeah. Yeah. So that me kind of forcing myself to take a step back and then still being able to see 
like your channel and other channels that I try and I try and like just promote anyone and everyone like I I honestly don't have the time to watch yeah, everyone's content right. but I'm, I'm at least I'll toss I'll toss you a say, retweet you're, like, you're, you're, you're our number you're one trying, retweeter <laughs> if you're out there like <laughs> pretty much <laughs> if you're out there trying trying some new shit like I've uh, there was a th- a thing I did towards the beginning of 2019 which I I redid halfway through 2019 and then tried to do at the beginning of 2020 and then I just before the pandemic hit and then I left for a work trip and then it just fell by the wayside. If you go to bit.ly forward slash EDH mm-hmm. gameplay, you'll find a list of uh like a hundred channels on YouTube uh that have some sort of EDH mm-hmm. gameplay. And so I spent a shit ton of time just finding high and low all, all the channels that I could find who have some sort of gameplay and I started this thread on Twitter where I I started shout started from the newest channel, which was the reason I started the this process of gathering all this content was um who was it? It was the GMGC. Mm-hmm. They they uh they were kind of a fan of our content and were in, in our stream for a few weeks, and then they they ended up doing their own gameplay series on on YouTube, and they said they tagged us and said hey your channel inspired us in part along with this uh, other couple channels to start our content. And so the, I was like, Oh, let me promote this brand new channel. And in the process, promote the next newest channel after that. And the next newest channel after that, mm. and yada, yada, yada. And then eventually I was like, well, let me just collect all the content and then give it to the, the, you know, give it to the public and say, Hey, Here's a, here's a list of content you could support if you don't already know about it and people doing at least one or two videos that fall in this one axis which is EDH gameplay. That that was like my my boundary for for the type of content I was collecting. So that that list is still up but it's about a year and a half out of date uh for half of them and you know it's it's not a perfect list. It's not every channel you're going to find but it's, it's an opportunity where you can maybe find some content you you didn't know about and maybe they're smaller and so they don't have enough exposure so mm-hmm. there there's your opportunity to go go give someone a ma- make someone's day you know if someone's on yeah, the smaller side yeah. it makes someone's day i love it because it's like most things you do have an air of support to them and it's like it's not about um and i think that's that's kind of the, the lexicon way anyway and it's because it's uh, it's compartmentalized in a way the way you guys have built it anyway it's it's multiple people and it's not about individual like building anyone's individual brand it's like everyone helping out together and uh, i think brandon said it before if we wanted all the the, the maximum amount of views and all that stuff it's like we'd have to compromise on some of the things we believe in and it's like you know it's like it's we kind of we want it always to be about fun and support and and that kind of thing and so what you've built you know, um, I think you've got all the right personalities there to, to kind of do that. But um, yeah, the, the whole list thing as as well reminds me of. I had a note here of like, you know, at the end of the day, you're one of one of the most uh, I think, uh, what do you call it, productive kind of deck brewers I know of. That like you've done <laughs> so much, and but more than importantly, you have this amazing ability of like of, of keeping things documented, and like you're quite an organized person. I can tell, and and that the same there's also a link uh not only did you of course you know provide links to 
compiling gameplay content, but it's like, hey, how about I compile my list of decks essentially and and like what i'm brewing and the way they work and and that kind of goes a, a long way to show the way you approach these things and it's it's really it's it's kind of really interesting and fascinating for someone who i might not be as more as organized but it helps kind of give me ideas I'm like oh that's actually a really cool way to think about it and then also th- see so much at a glance kind of thing so um yeah when did the when did the is it bitly uh yeah bit.ly slash g3 decks when did yeah. this project start <laughs> uh, when did i start g3 decks um so it started because there was um the same sheet that that belongs to that's just a published web page version of one of the spreadsheets a larger spreadsheet mm. that has Ideally, it would have, but obviously the other hosts aren't as you know committed to the this specific piece of content. Uh, but the yeah. idea was to compile all the Lexicon hosts' content, all their all their decks into one place. That way, oh, anyone yeah, I've seen that one. Yeah, anyone that one. Yeah. looking for our deck list wouldn't have to go to each of our profiles on you know on architect or or tapped out yada 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 they just have this one spreadsheet with the links to each of them and a high level view of each commander and go from there and also get our guests mm. uh decks listed there as well have it just one one spot one shop spot yeah. um how the specifically my decks on that that page was because of this contest i did back in may of 2020 feels like just a month ago but it was mm-hmm, almost a yeah. year ago may of 2020 uh i wanted to celebrate the lexicon channel passing 3000 followers on on twitch which may not be you know the, a crazy number but twitch twitch followers are are I think that's compared a crazy to, number yeah yeah on on twitch it's if if you don't know this if if a person's listening to this and doesn't really know the difference between twitch and youtube a youtube if you send a subscriber to to youtube what what that is is just a you're following the channel which is mm. equivalent to on twitch something called a follow on twitch there's something called a subscription and that's when you're paying the creator five bucks and paying twitch a dollar to to uh support the channel so there's a little bit yeah, of nuance yeah. between what those two things are uh so three thousand followers and followers on on Twitch are a little bit harder to come by compared yeah, to subscribers yeah. on YouTube. And so, uh, to me, three thousand mark was was a pretty big uh, landmark. And we'd done giveaways in the past. Uh, we did a, a full booster box for our one thousand follower um, mm. achievement at two thousand or. Was it twenty five hundred? I think it was just two thousand. At two thousand, we gave away another box and like a couple other things, and we didn't have anything planned for three thousand. So I took it upon myself, as I often do for the channel, I took upon myself <laughs> to do a giveaway for three thousand, and I called it "Win G 3s Money," basically because I was just <laughs> I was hemorrhaging cash in the form of magic cards. <laughs> Uh, and use use the image of revel revel and riches uh as as the uh splash image for this giveaway. <laughs> exactly exactly um and so I, I honestly i just i gave away three of my actual decks and those decks ranged from i think i i did some tweaking that month um to actually balance the the price of them a little bit like i mm. i you know brought some of them up brought some of them down um and give away, you know, a couple couple hundred dollar decks to three grand prize winners, and then like a hundred dollar deck to three 
wait, no, they do six decks. No, it was three, uh, three runner ups. And so the runner up decks were mostly built that month. So the month mm. of May was this crazy, like I'm building a bunch of decks. And that, that yeah, honestly, yeah. that was just coping. That was just coping with COVID and just life yeah, being crazy, yeah. right? And so I poured all my time into deck building um, while watching the stream and stressing about getting new gameplay videos moved from <laughs> Twitch to, to YouTube. I was I was definitely breaking down that month um, and doing this giveaway. A, 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 a healthy yet uh, kind of intense <laughs> distraction. Like, yeah, exactly. Uh, I was going to say, like, I mean, brewing decks was a, almost a cathartic thing. It was like, oh, if nothing else, I'm going to brew decks. And this is, I remember a lot of us, it was before we even fired up a webcam too. And it was mm, like, well, mm-hmm. it was it's very strange to even think about, like, why are we even building these for like, I don't know, maybe it's almost like the you're you're uh investing in the belief of a time after this you know and it was like Ooh, oh, that's a good way of putting it yeah it's like, and it's funny because i've spoken to a lot of people that never even touched the webcam too since and they've been like i just brewed a ton of decks i'm like wow like yeah respect because i'm glad about i think it was uh, august i finally got a webcam and i was like Oh, this is what it's all about. I brewed all these decks, and then it just it intensified. Brew actually it play, went, yeah. It went to twenty. Like, I was just like, I'm brewing even more because I had more of a showcase to do this than ever. And it was like, like you guys having a stream, and but mostly like a lot of the games we just play in, in the Discord and like having our, the community and like uh, it was like the best playgroup I ever had in my life. And it's like this is like Commander had never been more exciting in an amazing way. So um, yeah. I'm wow. I'm glad I'm glad you hopped in and we we ended up getting those games in you know late late into 2020 and that you know that that definitely helped me bounce back from whatever my manic deck building was in May <laughs> I was doing this <laughs> yeah, giveaway exactly. like that you know I toned it down because I actually started getting in games more uh for the mm-hmm. most part throughout last year until you you kind of hopped in and and that that play group started kind of forming in in the lexicon discord i was not playing all that much and i would i would hop on the random lexicon stream as like backfill in case we didn't have you know sometimes we only line up like one or two guests a night and then it's it's game five of the night and there's only one person in our in our uh lineup uh normally it's like two two lexicon hosts nowadays it's it's three they've they've been doing more of that so it would be oh we need a fourth and i was already watching the stream and uh, i would reluctantly go all right up and you know that yeah so to the point where there was always for me a bit of a mystique behind i was like oh i wonder what g3 i've heard about all these things about g3 i don't know how he <laughs> plays or anything like that and like and then i'd give you shit about like taking too long on turns i'm like ah oh, you're that's what I play like, and I felt like really. I was like, "Oh no!" <laughs> it's like, it's fine, but it's and like you know the, the the mystique of this this crazy brewer that like has all these wild decks, and then I I check the, the the spreadsheets. I'm like, "Oh wow! Like this is amazing!" So it's it's yeah. <laughs> I've I I've always been brewing a bunch of decks, and that's that's something that one of the so I first started playing Commander Fall of 2012. I want to say, um, oh wow, yeah, yeah, kind of, kind of randomly, serendipitously. I, I grew up with Magic. My brother, um, brought Magic to me when I was like eight. Uh, let's see, that was I was like two thousand, right? Mm. Um, and so I, you know, very, very ultra casually, like when when I grew up, I played whatever 
whatever variant you call the kitchen table where where tapping for mana means you fetch a land and put it on the field. Yeah, like, I've heard of that. That's right. Because it's or, just like or, no one really explained how it worked. And you're like, oh, that's how it Exactly. Works, right? Or or yeah. you can play as many lands from your hand each turn as you as you want. Like you didn't know you could only play one. And so that whatever like that type of magic yeah. was. Um and I, I was always fascinated by the game, but then when I was like sixteen, I was a little bit of a troubled youth. Um, you know, smoke smoking the marijuana as a bunch, and kind of <laughs> ditching school. And at the time, I I wasn't really staying at my dad's as much, and my parents my parents were divorced, right? And uh, my brother kind of took he he absorbed my collection of of a couple thousand cards, and like a few months later, I found out that he had brought it to his friend's house and left it there for like a weekend, and like someone stole it like another oh, shitty friend of theirs. And so no. I lost my childhood collection and that, you know, that took a lot of wind out of my yeah. magic experience Sa- sales. sales. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So so o- over the years, I would buy a random pack here or there. I remember like a cold snap pack. I opened a Zendikar pack, um, shards, shards of Alara or whatever. The first, mm. the first Alara, I opened the, a Johnny, the the red whatever the red white Ajani is and not knowing what oh, the fuck a planeswalker a was and I was yeah, like what? Quite new. yeah exactly and I was like what how do you even like what is this yeah, not yeah. what is it what, what does it, it do has it work and it's like you're seeing yeah. the cards get wilder and wilder over the years you're like oh oh my and so I I had a, a little bit of collection didn't really do much with it there no one really played with me uh the friends who I used to play with in school like I, I didn't hang out with them anymore so i was about let's see in 2012 i i was at a community college and it was a friend of my brother's that i knew and he was just in like a a cafeteria or something playing with a couple people that i kind of recognized from my high school and so they Mm -hmm. they were just friends playing commander and i sat down i was like you know what what is this because they that their decks were tall right compared to what i was used to i was like <laughs> what's going on here and so yeah so they explained it to me and i had purchased a what the fuck is it called deck builders toolkit yeah and I remember it was those, around yeah. the time like new phyrexia or, or scars of Merodin or something and so i had um a jorkadine in my collection plus a a pile of red and white cards you mm. know what if if you want a <laughs> if you want to understand the EDH power level ranking, when when someone talks about like building a one, a one is you open a deck builder's <laughs> toolkit and you pick a legendary and you pick the cards that fit that color. Like and that, it basically lands go yeah exactly. <laughs> and I at one point I had to go oh sorry guys it looks like there's a second copy of like some some red burn spell and they're like that's fine just draw another card like <laughs> have a shock or something like that. oh no <laughs> judge yeah uh so that that was my first game was just a pile of cards which were jorkadine i don't even remember the game but they they were playing i think legit no one person was one person was like playing silvers slivers one person was playing oh, like an actual elder dragon and then i don't remember what the other person was which is kind of funny that they were doing a three-person pod, and that was the fourth. That's yeah. funny. I hadn't thought about that until now. Uh, anyway, so that that was my first exposure. 
and yeah. the and also to the social the pods. Contract. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, the pods I started playing for the next year after that were with my brother, who still had a part of his collection recovered from that that person who stole it, um, and then our mutual friend from work. Like my brother and I worked at a uh, trampoline park locally and and so we we knew someone who worked there and we we all the three of us just played magic and drank yeah um at my brother's kitchen table you can do some flips then i imagine flips yeah like like trampoline flips you you oh my yeah my brother my brother got (laughs) super good at that i I was never (laughs) that great at it it. i'm I'm never been like a it's like the, the you pin- meant a literal flip, yes, yeah, literally. Yes, flip. Yeah, it's like it's the pinnacle of skills when you're in like school. You're just like, oh, that guy can do all the flips. He's the cool one. And it's like, oh my god. It's like, yeah. And then I remember teaching it, like learning how to backflip, and then the how you fail, and then hurt your neck, and it's like, oh, but yes. uh, yeah, it's it, Lear- nothing, learning nothing to cool do a backflip the- was scary. Oh yeah, you've got to, and that's that's the thing. You got to bash through that kind of mental barrier and go, no, I can spin that way, and it's like your that's actually a great lesson for a lot of things because with with a lot of flipping and it's it's like don't think about doing it as you're doing it just because you will fail if you do yeah yeah. (laughs) exactly yeah any interceding thought is going to prevent you from from following through on the whole process that's right it's unnatural to do a flip (laughs) that's right and i mean this is this is going to be philosophical but i think you're the right guest to have alongside to uh get into philosophical discussions but it's uh i've always felt i i used to always get that out of skateboarding and it was like when you need to can't like feel a little bit alive and it's to conquer some things that scare you a little bit and you have to bash through a mental barrier and it's really cathartic it's amazing and it's like i i miss it these days because i can't really do it as much because injuries and i will hurt myself but uh it used to be that growing up it's like this scares the crap out of me but i'm gonna try and do it and it's that thing where i'm an overthinker and it's learning to switch that off for a hot second and going, if, if you, I... If you want to live vicariously a little bit, I, I randomly yeah. started watching these mountain bike runs on YouTube. I was trying to find some content to play for my my daughter to get her to sleep. And I randomly found these just biker... This Canadian dude and his wife uh, <laughs> going going across going across Canada. And at one point, they, they go across the U.S., to all these different i had no idea there's this many like bike parks Mm -hmm. across the the continent right and so just seeing the different bike parks and the the natural versus um you know constructed yeah yeah there's a boardwalky type things and like and then yeah yeah and hearing the terminology a little bit of the history but that that catharsis of like you got this gopro cam going you know 30 40 50 miles per hour downhill you know barreling up and down these you know different embankments taking taking off landing all this stuff like it, it was very interesting for for a hot minute as i was watching these videos very very cathartic and oh, i love it That's... i don't really do that type of process enough mm. of just you know getting into the moment and letting go yeah, uh so, yeah. something that some someone here can try if you have a dog dogs operate at this frequency when you you're playing with them basically if if you want to accurately play with your dog you gotta not go oh here you go I'm gonna grab the thing and I'm talking thing thing you gotta go bump it to bump it to bump 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 it to bump you gotta be like 
trying to to um what were those strike dummies where it's got all those sticks and you're you're trying to like hit the different things mm. you can do that with your dog in this different like f- mindset frequency and and that's that's for me I, I sometimes do that with my dog and that's the closest i can get to out of the moment where i'm i'm just in mm. this like mm. dogs will operate you got you guys see this yeah. like they have like a certain frequency that they're they're running at and people can do that too i see that with um i'm a fan of hip-hop and if you watch live hip-hop you can feel their flow not just in the words they're saying but the way their body operates you can see this little like boom 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 thing going on with the way they move but sped up to actually the the rhythm and the beat of when I never got that when I was younger. It's I was rhythmic, always, yeah. I always felt like I was a bad bad dancer. But like as I got older, I started to like recognize the the, the whatever the time signatures are and being able to like just embody the the back and forth with with the oscillation and whatnot. Like I've 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 really had to overcome a. I don't know, like a sensory barrier, but coming coming to that sense. Yeah, yeah. Your mind's trying to establish control, yeah. and it's like, no. Yeah. You, know, you know, how do you actually let go? You know what's helped thing? me with that? Magic mushrooms. What's All that? the viewers out there, uh, I'm not <laughs> advocating you to go out and try it, but if you have the opportunity to, and the the terminology that a lot of people use is set and setting, and that's true for everyday life, with a certain physical setting mm. and a certain mindset, you can attune your own experience and that's true in psychedelics and that's true in everyday life. And I, I have a hard time getting out of my own head. I'm sure you, the viewer can feel like that a lot of times. If you have the opportunity to take psychedelics and you feel in the right, you know, mind space, I, I have been unlocked at times because of my, my experiences. And Mm. it's allowed me to, see some of that more beautiful beautiful intricacies in everyday life and be able to see those rhythms and mm. the beats and if you don't know what the hell i'm talking about if you're listening right now and going <laughs> this dude's just spouting off try it and then maybe you might know what the hell i'm talking about because it's it's esoteric it's not something you can really use language to to express fully you have to yes exactly it's that thing with the dog i was talking about a minute ago it's it's this getting out of the split second in in what's the word like it it's this extra bit in the moment but that extra bit is you right so you gotta get out of that extra Mm -hmm. bit and just be the moment right yeah because, I mean, we're always constructing our own barriers type thing. And um, I have this, I mean, I have a theory that it's, you know, uh, I, I, I honestly believe we don't quite understand as humans, you know, what energy is and, and you know, what, what kind of, like you say, most wavelengths that, you know, animals can give off between each other. Uh, and it's it's the type of thing that, you know, example, case in point, like dogs, cats, whatever, they know what you're feeling without communicating with words. And I think there's an idea that we communicate with words and that's all we kind of know and that's what we look for and all visual kind of cues, that kind of thing. Anything outside of that is we're far enough established to go, no, well, it isn't really anything. But there's 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 another layer there, I predict, you know, like there is there is energy and, you know, without getting to auras and things. Yeah. Like, I don't there's know. more to I life than the know. words we use to describe it. 
<laughs> yes, exactly. And, and and we emit more than we know, I think. Yeah. And yeah. is the way I'd like to think of it. And again, it's like, I don't know if I'm right. I don't know anything. It's more just like keeping the question mark open rather than going, no, like, you know, words and that's that's it. And and like you say, the the mind is an amazing thing and, um, yeah, incredible. But that actually ties into it in a, in a weird way what I might talk about for uh, my, my entertaining sign-off this Ooh. week, actually. So I'm glad, I'm glad Speaking you Speaking of, of segments of your so. show, you didn't do your uh, brewer's yeah. notes. There was no brewer's notes. Hey, I had, I had it here on the list, but we were just <laughs> we were zooming along, so it's, it's fine. So, um, no, be, cool. Good, good idea. Before, so, quick, and, and quick I should not, aside yeah, before it. we get into that, I want to um, – my gameplay channel, Bitly Link – I forgot it's capital for the EDH. So it's bit.ly forward slash uppercase EDH lowercase gameplay. So uh, that that was like 30 minutes ago, but that's all right. No, I, I looked it up. I'm like, oh, I, I was gonna, I'm gonna check that it was the right one kind of thing. So um, yeah, EDH gameplay, perfect. So I'll add those to the notes. No stress, uh, but yeah, highly recommended. Um, but yeah, like you said, that's uh, that's a good point to kind of get into. Uh, and and, and the side point there, I kind of wanted to quiz you about, um, you know, being one of the people that I'm sure a, a bunch of people have done this, but you importantly have talked to us about it, which is uh, you actually went back and listened to all our episodes. I'm like, wow, that's that's commitment, and I thank <laughs> you. <laughs> that's amazing, and it means a lot because uh, I don't know. I kind of we do this it's a personal gratification thing and also to tell people stories but to to hear that like someone actually does want to listen to all of them and appreciate what we're doing means means so much so there's I I'm sure you can tell us about little things you picked up on the way and I'm interested <laughs> to hear that kind of stuff that's fine but uh alas like you said we we do usually have a general structure it's loose it's fine it's conversational <laughs> but sometimes we we just pop brewers notes in at certain points, sometimes not at well, all. It's, it's uh, usually the beginning have... or not at all. That's that's yeah. yeah, and it's it's like a little like uh, it's kind of an entree. It's like just to get it going. We're talking about magic, getting some quota going there, and um, you know what we've been doing. Because importantly, we do generally have things that have changed generally for the week or something that's most importantly excited us and and or changed in in, in perception. So um yeah, this week's Brewers Notes we had Chesh and I started a uh Commander Precon League, which has been a few weeks in the process, I think, with schedules and stuff and uh it's a pretty casual thing on About a month. Yeah, about a month, yeah. I think everyone's Tuesdays <laughs> start to get a bit packed and um we we generally do a lot of things with the the you know, the crew in the US and everything that side of the world, of course, on the weekends because of our time zones. However, on I think Tuesday nights and then Wednesday nights, sometimes our time, we we do stuff that I'd like to say could be digested by the Australian audience a bit more, but it doesn't matter. It's kind of just for us. We just have fun as well. Um, but we've it's been fun. We've started to see some people pop up and had a chat as we're doing it. But the the general idea was, and I think we talked about it on the podcast a little while ago but yeah starting off with one of these new great commander pre-cons the 25 dollars ones or whatever they are you know the cheap ones they hammer like i've been beaten by the elves one i've been beaten by cheshire's uh spirits one in normal games (laughs) of edh in decks i've made with like some good pieces like dang it the freaking pre-con got me but that's the joy of it again chesh Chesh bringing a knife to a gunfight yeah, and going, but it's a good- that's all right. I know how to stab people. <laughs> yeah, but it's 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 a good. What do you call it when you uh you heat condition a, a knife? It's a it's it's a customized knife or whatever. Like I don't know. It's it's a it's more than a knife. It's actually a pretty good knife. It's, it's a, a gun. Katana, blade. Let's say. 
It's a gunblade, exactly. There you go. Um, but yeah, that, I mean, that was that was started like some of the catalysts of conversations. Like, oh, well, we've done sealed leagues uh, just for fun as well, and and whatever. I was like, oh, these ones are pretty easy. That also would be good games to start with. That we're not having that first week where the game goes for four hours because it's low powered kind of thing. Like they're actually really good. <laughs> decks out of the box and uh so we started our first game last tuesday and what did we have chesh we had two elves uh with hayden and caitlin and uh two elves we had spirit foretell and then we had whatever it is that your deck oh, the trash fire that is my deck which is flaming <laughs> flaming blades of boros so i was like hell yeah no get stuff i'm playing boros i want to and uh, yeah, it was it was a fun time. Were you Boros rocking Wyleth? Ham- Hell yeah, yes. I am in love with Wyleth. Like, so needless to say, I won the first game, and uh, I think everyone was a bit like, "There's a bit of salt flowing." It was fantastic because I uh, I put some protective pieces on Wyleth, and no one could touch Wyleth, and uh, double striking for twenty, that kind of stuff. And it's like this feels great. Card advantage better than any other deck, kind of thing. Except maybe Chesh was foretelling a few things, but. Um, I think Chesh made the mistake of saying, oh, I can hmm, maybe I can kill you next turn. I'm like, all right, you're first then. <laughs> it's like, all right. <laughs> so there's some fun cards in that deck, like the uh, the Master Warcrafts or like the Deflecting Palms, of course, and like it's it's a good time. So highly recommend picking that up if, you know, that is the whatever the great price price tag that is. But um, Chesh, you can speak to a little bit about the what the the genius of uh, the idea of what we're going to do moving on, though. And I think that's this is this is the fun part that I look forward to, and how we're going to upgrade these decks. Well, I'm happy you asked. Uh, I mean, you didn't really ask; you just said that I would tell people. But I'm happy you asked <laughs> because you will. <laughs> um, so, what we decided was uh, a, a lot of the time when somebody does something like this, when you look at like. Uh, the the commander RC and stuff like that, and they go with the whole like, you know, we we upgrade these decks by boosters or boxes or mm-hmm. blah blah blah, and it's just like no, see, none of that actually works. Well, it's fun, but it's super decks random. Now yeah. Much the decks now are much more structured to be what they are. Mm. They're much more focused in a pinpoint kind of well, that's, maneuver. That's not to play so against regular decks, I don't was... think. The Boxing League's more for play against other blo- Boxing League decks. Yeah, of course, of course. And yeah. also a good use of, I will say, a good Sealed use content. of, if you're going cr- yeah. to crack a box, may as well use the stuff, exactly. Yeah. Um, so what we decided was, instead of doing that, which everyone does, we decided that we wanted to be better than everyone Oh, you hipster. <laughs> We're better than Subjective, everyone else. Subjective, but yes, sure. <laughs> um, and we decided that we would actually go with a $20 limit uh, per fortnight. Well, I think we said per fortnight. I, yes. I kind of want it to be week. fortnight, otherwise I'm not going to be able to get enough cards yeah. kind of thing. I, and, and to be honest, I'm going to be digging through my own collection. That's fine. But um, yeah. Um, and that's that's fine because that still sticks within like as long as the cards meet the requirement of 40 yeah they, then it's fine. they can come from anywhere um, too like uh, i don't 20. necessarily have yes. to buy new ones which is great no no you don't have to buy them just just as long as they are of a value of 20 dollars or less yeah now this means that he prevents somebody like myself just basically refocusing a deck into green and then just going cradle of behemoth can i save up my 20 dollars so, and like wait after a month buy a cradle of behemoth no like it's yeah no and also like I think you'd need more at this stage for Creative of Behemoth, but yeah. 
well, yeah. Um, so it's a it's a min max thing. So you're trying to maximize your value from your twenty dollars. Um, you're trying to get absolutely the best value out of that twenty dollar budget that you have. So it could be twenty one dollar cards. It could be a whole bunch of like forty fifty dollar fifty cent cards. Fifty dollar cards, my goodness. Oh, twenty much. times um, one dollar card. Yeah, one, yeah, true. Yeah. Or it could just be one $20 card mm. if you really feel stupid enough, which I certainly don't. Yeah. Just drink um, the dumb juice. I, I myself... Just drink the dumb yeah, juice. Exactly. I myself, I think that uh, I'm going to be having a look at uh, Fortel stuff. Yeah. Obviously, to like fatten out the deck a little bit with Fortel. Um, maybe I'll have a look at some, some exile stuff. Yeah, um, there's, there's that nice sub-theme, which is Flicker in that deck too, which um, I think, I, as exactly. I said before, that deck has like the, the kind of... That's a crash course on how you run a sub theme in a in a commander deck without completely diluting what the main theme's doing, and I think it does that really really well. It's kind of exile does have to do with what it's doing, but it's kind of the flicker thing is a bit of a sub thing, but the foretell thing is the primary in a way. Yeah, I guess more or less. Yeah, that is pretty much it. Yeah. Um, if if you can get out the foretell flyer, I can't remember the name of it off the top of my the head. The blue white one. Um. Yes. Yeah, I can't remember that one either. But that's nuts. Each game you've yeah. got that out, it's just turbo. It it's it's a turbo piece to the deck. Mm. It's a game winner. Um but, but the the deck itself basically is based around creating spirit tokens um by uh blinking your own stuff or exiling stuff from your hand or from your battlefield. Um and then it is quite literally like I'm just gonna foretell stuff and you know, foretell obviously is a great mechanic. Conceal my plans. It's not busted. Yeah, it conceals your plans. It's not a busted mechanic. It's it's quite fair for the entire table. Um, but combined with the way that the deck works, and when the deck starts running properly, when it starts really getting its its gears on, uh, it becomes just a force to be reckoned with mm. for a precon. It can stand up to regular decks. Like I have been taking this pre-con with no adjustments into regular games and, and beating fun. people yeah. senseless exactly like, i think that's how good it is it, it's great because like i say it's it's happened three times now with even back to the rogues deck and it's like well i think and actually no you're right on lexicon with chesh and the buddy obun deck um it's 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 changing that like stigma that a precon is a precon. It's like, no, nah, they're kind of they they can they can hang with the big boys these days, which is great. But um, yeah, no, and then the point I want to make about that too, it's like that entire that that kind of encourages a lot of creativity in how you're using your budget too. Um, so of course, the way I want to do it, I don't want to kind of just do the generic equipment list. I could, but like, what's the point? Um, I want to find some wacky stuff, and I don't know what that is yet, but I'm gonna try and to dig pretty deep to find that i, I have i have a recommendation of a card that Ooh, I, go for it. I bought like seven copies of it because it's um oh my god i i i'm blanking on the name but it's one of the shadow creatures here i'm i'm pretty good at scryfall nowadays so i can do <laughs> uh, i was gonna say shout out to peter peter loves this part where it's like we kind of describe the card and he's like i've got it i've got it and he's yelling at it it's like <laughs> he's got that encyclopedic knowledge it's it's okay so tari gorillas uh, it's got the Ooh. this effect that a few different cards have, but the next time it would deal combat damage to an opponent this turn, it deals that much damage to target creature instead. So it's a four drop, two, a red, and a white. It's a three-two with shadow. Wow. 
Wow. And just this passive ability. The next time it would deal combat damage to an opponent. Um, sorry, not passive. It's a zero cost activated ability, which is kind of kind of quirky. Um, Dang. From yeah. Tempest. Ooh. That's hot. Yeah, Shadow on a Boros creature. Like, yeah, that's 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 doing stuff. Wow. That's that's a good one. I love it. Good thing to strap up with things and yeah, all right, I'm gonna try and hunt one of them down because I don't have one. Yeah, I love it. No, cool. Um the other thing I had this week, so that's I mean, tune into that if if uh, anyone is available on Tuesdays uh or Tuesdays our time, which will be what's Tuesday night. I don't know what that equates to, but you'll see us tweet about it, that's fine. Um that's that's going to be happening and happening and kind of rolling out as we go. Hopefully, Boros still reigns true and uh, smashes wholesale ass because that has been fun and that's going to be the name of the game. Um, but other than that, I had uh, I was making the joke before that it's funny that uh, you know brewing EDH decks and and then doing what we do as commander players. Uh, you you may have times where it's like oh, I might not brew a deck for two months or that kind of thing or. Yeah, you, you kind of you get that creative block and and that kind of stuff. Oh, you're just not enticed by anything. And then some days you just brew two in a day, and you're like, "This is awesome!" And literally sleeve them up in the day. Um, this past week I did that, which is like, I just I just one of these days I just just absolutely uh, enamored by two concepts I had kind of in my head for a little while, and I put them together so they got V 1.0 of each of these decks, and I hope to evolve them as I go. Uh, but the first one was Iktekic and Akiri, I believe it is. So Naya Golems. So we're just going to be running Ooh. all the weird Golem stuff. A uh, bit of like artifact sacrifice. It's going to be fun. Trying to find wacky cards to kind of include there. I'm trying to think a couple of that I have in there. Definitely got some Precursor Golem action. That's a favorite card of mine. Being a bit weird, it does that Zada effect on all your Golems. Uh, and finding finding ways to do that but that that'd be a fun one to keep going with but the other one and i was talking uh or nick and i were talking about it before the interesting one i i wonder how there's a couple of ways i could take this deck and i still might pivot but uh it's morite of the frost so the uncommon from coldheim the shapeshifter that comes in as a copy of uh, a permanent you control uh, yeah, it is a permanent so it's not even on land uh with some counters if it's a creature Blah blah blah, whatever. But basically, a Simic clone in the command zone is is a fun uh, idea. And shout out to Joel Enthralment for doing. He did a, I think, mono blue clones deck, which is often a fun one to do. Uh, but this one going, I haven't built a Simic deck in a long time because I felt like it was just like the value was too easy to come by, and it too easily devolved into I'm just going to run things like Coma and just whatever else and just have it way too easy time. Anyway, I had had no... You mean it was too easy to make it into a Baron Bounce deck? Yeah, oh my God. A Baron Bounce deck with green? Stop it, no. Oh, I can't even. <laughs> um, but uh, so this one, I was like, oh, I just want to copy things. Ideally, other people's things, like, you know, if, if we can get other people's things going, that's fun. It's like, you know, beating someone down with their own creatures or like not even their own creatures, like you just have a copy of that creature. Is a fun it's way like to do it. You're you're turning yeah, it their is force like, exactly. against them. Yeah. Like that uh is it mirror match that uh that weird kind of instant that makes copies of all the attacking creatures that uh your opponent controls. Oh yeah, it's yeah, like, yeah. It's so so weird. It's like, oh they'll block then. And it's like, what? Uh so I, lo- I love blue is such of course just absolutely, you know, rife with weird effects like that. I love um, but this one I called imposter syndrome because a, uh, a topic near and dear to my heart and <laughs> definitely feel that one, but, um, you know, making copies of things, but the, the concept I talked to Nick about and like the idea, we're talking about paradox haze before, 
and the idea that you could be like, oh, well, Morite can make a copy of Paradox Haze, so you multiply the upkeeps. And then starting to look at things that do funky things on upkeep. So Sphinx of the Second Sun makes another upkeep as well. And uh, there's, I think, Tender Shoot Dryad was the one that, that on everyone's upkeep, it makes a sapperling. Uh So that got me down another weird uh, avenue of Time Spiral Remastered recently coming out with all the uh, upkeep sapperlings that put sa- the, the counters on the thing. Uh, so you can mix it with a couple of proliferate things and you just do a lot of the old wacky sapperlings uh, sapling makers and kind of have this semi maybe not so tribal deck but just weird upkeep things going on so that was like a, a weird uh idea i was i was kind of having and i think I'm, I'm keen to hear uh nick if you want to you know join party on uh join the party on that one and kind of steer that in a weird direction other than just being a, a kind of clones deck but um i think we could do something there but i think keen to just play it as it is and then see yeah, if we i mean that, that, that sounds route. like a fun fun deck to play yeah, and we've got some other crazy, like, you know, cards like Mystic Reflection and, and, and uh, is it Reflections of Lithjara? And, like, there's a couple of little tribally things uh, that have, you know, to do with creatures, and so that can be saplings. I, I always love the Polymorph, of course. You make lots of things and Polymorph them into real targets kind of thing. Or, yeah, lots of things to do there, but I think... For me, it's like that's a level up of like, oh, that's how I want a Simic. I want to do it weirdly rather than just objective power and value. And that's like it can be good, but it's kind of dependent also on not what the opponent's doing if you're doing all the clone stuff too. So, yeah, kind of watch this space and I'll see how that goes. But that's that's my long-winded Brewer's Notes, of course. But, um, yeah. Nick, is there anything that has triggered uh, triggered your attention this week as far as, um, you know, fun things to build or things you're adding to decks or anything? Uh, well, my most recent new sleeve deck was my Numa and Nadir um, Elves Tribal, and that one's Ooh, like I... super quirky. That's like yeah, ultra quirky for me because it it's got all these like restrictions on it. Um, in part because I wanted to build um, uh, was it Lathiel that the face commander from the precon? Oh, Lathiel, sorry. Was, I, Lathiel, I, yes, I, I was going to say it because I have Lathiel the unicorn, the green white yes, one, and, yeah, and they've yeah, they've printed <laughs> no, no, that's okay. But what my point they're was, they've, they've names, printed yeah. three creatures really recently that are almost exactly the same name. There's like Cathril, Lathril, and Lathiel, and it's like, ah, it gets all a bit too much. But anyway, no, continue so on anyway. It, in the process of making cuts and trying to pick what that deck would be, I made this Nadir Numa deck, right? And so I was like, okay, I want to make a lot of cuts to this one so I know what the other deck's going to be informed by, right? And so what I ended up deciding on after a few different iterations of, you know, you start with the way I do it. I start with like 120 cards and then start making cuts and making these generalizations, these sweeping cuts mm. of like this type of card just gone. Right. Yeah. Um, and so I ended up with no cards that searched. Uh, so that, that was like the first restriction. And then I was like, okay, well how about all of them are elves? Like there's no non elves in the deck. Mm. And then after that, I was looking at the other elf mono black elf, partner and for a while i wasn't decided on nadir or uh i forgot the name of it but draws a card you can you can pay one and rummage if a if a or no it, it deals one and 
you take one life and you draw a card or something if if an elf dies, right? Oh That's the yeah, other yeah, the other one from Commander Legends. I I, I can't, yeah, exactly. can't remember the um, name, but yeah, yeah, yeah. The one and the black, so the, yeah. the yeah, I wasn't decided at that point, and so then I was like, okay, well, I I'm looking at all these these elves. Okay, they're all going to be warriors, druids, or or uh, shamans, mm. and so the that cut down the that other partner commander. And then it made me really laser focus on having all these, um, all the druids that like tap for for green or whatever, or multiple green, um, and just having all all these mana dorks. It's it's kind of a quirky deck because there's no instants, there's no sorceries. I did end up after playing it a few times at a single instant in the squall storm. Is that what it's called? Oh, it's squall, from, it's squall from line? time spiral. It's, it's a, it, the, yeah, there you the go. Instant hurricane. Yeah. Exactly, and so it the deck truly is elf ball, but only only with one single single <laughs> effect. Um, so there's only that. There's no other instant or sorceries. Uh, there's no artifacts. I initially had artifact hate as like a sub theme. Mm. I kind of cut that back a little bit, and so now it's now it's just this kind of low to the ground, lot of lot of druids, lot of um, I don't know, kind of. T- so, um, plus one, plus one counters that turn into tokens because of Nadir. That's true. Yeah, a little yeah. bit of that, a little bit of this. Um, the most recent deck that I was tinkering with was one of my oldest decks. It's Animar. Um, and I kind of updated Animar to add a little bit of morph and a little bit of mutate. Um, that that was kind of the, the change I did. Not not like full themes. For me, a theme is at least like... Um, like 14 cards or so that's, yeah, that's usually yeah. my my beginning cutoff for what a theme is so the this is kind of a sub theme or two sub themes smushed together because there's only like four morph and like five mutate or something um and that that that's just me changing up that was my last deck list that i didn't have on deck stats i used to be on deck box uh for for a while and then two years ago or so i switched to deckstats.net as my deck building website um and so i've over time both updated my deck list and, but before updating the deck list for all my decks and I, at this point i am at like 55 sleeve decks so in the process of getting my deck list up i would also get all of these like recent changes into the deck um and swap out cards so over this past year i've gone through my entire catalog I've added another 12 decks or so um, and then just become up to date with my mm. my uh, catalog of decks. So Animar was the last deck to get the update and it just got it like a week ago of, of all things. <laughs> it's fun. It's like buying new clothes for it too. Like, oh, this is, uh, you know, fun new things and, and discoveries that have new context. Um, always fun. I, I always love if it's something like a common or uncommon too that like just... just absolutely fits in like a like a puzzle piece that might not have much play anywhere else because but it works with an old commander you got it's 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 awesome yeah I, lo- I love that feeling honestly that's the that's what i look for in every new set so that's part of the reason i i build new decks is because i have these cards from the, the sets i open for me i i've always done the the booster box league but it's when i started the deck it was all of magic's history mm. Or when I open a box, it's it's the cards from the the set, and so I, I've always had this dynamic of like, yeah, I'll 
I'll play with the the cards from a single set, but then I'll toss in some of the older cards, and that's that's always kind of where I landed at with my deck building. Anyways, is like basically upgraded booster box league booster box league decks. Yeah, that's that's kind of you know my my I have a bunch of decks, but most of them are in like the one fifty to two fifty range. Like I'm not trying to whatever. Whatever the term is for when you <laughs> you have all of the expensive cards, but you don't necessarily need to yeah, be yeah. playing. And that's not to say expensive cards make your deck inherently no, super strong, or that you're trying to pub stomp. But like I've I've always just spread out my my magic wealth throughout a bunch of decks and tried to maximize fun. If I'm mm. opening up sealed product anyway i want to have a use for all these cards yeah Not all of them all of them obviously there's draft chaff but if there's a bunch of cards that fall on a similar theme i'm gonna try and find a legendary that fits that theme yeah. and if i have enough cards start to build it out you know you speak of a concept that speaks uh that is is such a one close to my heart that it's 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 a, a personal endeavor i'm always trying to find too which is like every card deserves at home it's um it's got, you know, a piece of art that an artist has worked on. It's like a designer has worked on this card. And it's like you say, bearing, of course, vanilla creatures, draft chaff that just can't possibly work in Commander. But for the most part, you can, you know, most cards have a home. And I think that's really special. Like, uh, especially, I mean, you can you can expand it, you know, not just Commander. It might be building a pauper deck as well. And it might be building a modern deck potentially as well. Yeah. But that's kind of the, the the barrier to entry for, you know, making it to a modern deck, of course, is much higher. Um, but it just feels nice. And it's again, it's maybe it is an OCD, like a, a little like touch of OCD that it's like, I, I just like when everything has its home and things aren't wasted. And like, it's that's the thing with opening a box or something. It's like, if you can, if this sparks, you know, new decks here and there, and, you know, I like to have... I might have a pile for a few months that might be 10 cards that gel together and they may become a deck yes. one day. And it's like, and <laughs> so I, I need to ask Chesh about this. I need one of those card sorters because that's going to be the thing that I think. I was just looking at those. Oh, I that's have gonna that help, tab That's going to help so much because that's how my decks kind of think, formulate. Like, th- I, th- I think I bought mine at the Gamesman. Yeah, I'll, I'll check that out because it's like, you, how many slots are there? Like 20 or something? God. But I, I'm, I'm thinking about over there on the bed. I don't know. Yeah, I'm thinking about how because I, I, I'm always fascinated by how everyone brews, uh, and to the point where it's, it's. I think we're very similar, Nick. Actually, in a, in a funny way, but like I know a lot yes. of people that yeah, look I've, at. I've seen that. Yeah, <laughs> a lot of people go, "Oh, this is the deck." Case closed. I've made the list on Moxfield Architect, whatever. Uh, order cards. I'm like, whoa. I can't do that. Like I just, <laughs> I, 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 I. If I order cards, I'm usually ordering. It might be a hundred dollars of one dollar yeah, weird you're ice upgrading, age. Upgrading, you're yeah. upgrading one of those decks you already gardened from your collection. Multiple or like buying a card because it looks cool. Like and it's like I don't even yeah. know where this lives yet, but it's and I've got that's a stack more collectible of, than the deck building. Yeah, yeah. But these but other people are, are exactly. approaching from deck building I, first. I know it will yeah. go in a deck, and I've got a. I've always I'm always surrounded by a stack of these. I'm like I know it'll go in a deck one day. It's gonna be weird. I won't be great, but I don't even know where that deck is just yet. But I want it, and sometimes it means like those. Reserve list, uh, reserve list cards that were a dollar that are now twenty dollars. Mm. That's not what I'm doing it for, of course. But uh, yeah. it's funny when that happens, and it's kind of a little bit exhilarating when you're like, "Oh, I bought this because it <laughs> looks cool, and it's like now worth something." But anyway, that's that's how I buy cards rather than like all for one deck. Uh, whereas yeah, part, the part rest is what, what I've got around essentially, and you kind of make yeah. stacks of them, you know. 
part of what you were talking about before is it's to me it's like we're these wizards wizard librarians and we're trying yeah. to like do <laughs> exactly. decimal system our collection and yeah. have it more than just like here's our trade binder it's here's our actual collection well yeah. how do you actually be able to show off your collection by put them in decks of course that's the only way they actually get that's a great way to put it exactly like that is my yeah. showcase it's like these weird things i picked up and i want to find the home for them and that feels so good when you find that home it's like uh yeah it, it's unreal all right i'll read one i'll read one or two off because i'm like these are the kind of weird things i buy i'm like oh, i just want this it's, it's great it might be a weird piece of art i'm like i'll find a, a home for this one day uh seer's vision two blue black enchantment all opponents play with their hands revealed i love that effect <laughs> <laughs> sacrifice seer's vision look at target player's hand uh, which i can already see and choose a card from that from it that player discards the card so you basically thought sees them uh play this ability only anytime you could play a sorcery so it's a revelation i love revelation because it's like it's just it changes the game uh is it telepathy that does that one-sided so you still yeah, have your hand one blue yeah which is that's a fun one but i like i, I think it's a fun game when everyone's playing with, that, like, that, with card, no that card is pay one blue kill me yeah <laughs> something exactly. about telepathy and i I've, I've noticed it um uh beyond the machina the, the yeah, yeah has yeah. played on on lexicon stream a few times with his zerdek and uh he's played telepathy a couple couple games and each time that somehow just turns the dynamic of the game into kill him yeah exactly yeah exactly it's like how dare you like you know that you're exposing my secrets kind of thing it's uh, everyone feels very very like vol- like uh like like you've taken their clothes off or something it's like it's very funny um but uh <laughs> the other one was i got mangara's tome the other day for like two dollars and i say the other day it's a few weeks ago because uh being reserve list things have gone up <laughs> it's now like twenty dollars but that's not why i did i might i might play this card one day it's cool it's a book and it's okay, mangara's etb search your library for five cards exile them in a face down pile then shuffle that pile hmm. then shuffle your library pay two the next time you would draw a card this turn instead put the top card of the exiled pile into its owner's hand Ooh, it's random okay and it costs five to play it's just an artifact how funny yeah, exactly. Okay. It's like you search for things. Yeah, it's vulnerable because you kind of can lose all the cards, but whatever, that's fine. It's uh, it's but it's 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 pretty pretty nuts tutor actually. If you've got all this search co- for a five card combo, let's yeah. See it. So all I'm thinking there, and you uh, you can kind of uh, de- I, I'm guessing you can appreciate this as a as a fellow Thardo Adele player, but Thardo Adele for me <laughs> usually I have copious amounts of colorless mana and nothing to do with it. So always mm. finding new ways to sink mana. So it's like this is the type of thing I like okay. just chuck it in there uh find interesting uh oh put the top card yeah you just put it into your hand too so you can do this instant speed and have a bit of time so um i like it i might just throw it in thighter and see what happens because that's that's satisfaction for me too and it's like i just give give the card a go and and who knows and, and watch people go whoa what is that it's not the uh, the weird staple I'm I'm used to seeing type thing. So yeah, and that's that's where magic is forever fun for me, like finding those kind of things. But um, mm. yeah. you saying that made me remember one of my favorites, which is a druidic satchel. Oh, I this love that card. Go- yes. Goes in anything? <laughs> question mark kind of card. Kind of does. Yeah. Um, it's I just uh, love right, that it's me, a bag. That yeah. Uh, it does one of three things and like I love the decks where it's like each of these three things help me, which is like it's just all good kind of thing. Like it's all right, so it's a three it's it's a fifty cent card. Yep. It's a three drop artifact. Pay two, tap it, reveal the top card of your library. If it's a creature, you get a one one sapling. 
if it's a land, you can put onto the battlefield. And if it's a non-creature, non-land, you can gain two life. So that's... Out of the three, that's probably the weakest, is yeah, just gaining yeah. two life. But that's the floor yeah. for two mana. Obviously, that's that's a little that's a little high for just gaining two life. But at a at a ceiling, you can be gaining a land onto the field in in decks that don't typically have that effect, like like the the red and white decks of your. <laughs> yeah, it's a it's a it always does something exactly, and that's like the thing I've been um I I'd love a bit of explorer scope action too. Like it's you know in a deck that yes, needs another yeah, piece of equipment, it's fine. And like I know people crap on that card, but it's like, hey, it's it could be anything. And sometimes it's, I mean, even without without top deck manipulation, of course, sometimes it, it could even be a boat. It could be a boat exactly. <laughs> sometimes it could be three lands in a row. Who knows? I mean, I've definitely had the games where it's not, but that's fine. It's a one mana equipment. That's cool. And, and and it's like it gives you some information as well. Well, that's and that's what I, that's, that's actually what I found. Too. It's actually pretty handy in that that you might have other things that might you know be drawing a card or doing something after combat or something, which is interesting. So um, yeah, for sure, and like that, and you can say three sixty notes no scope when you uh, attack. So yeah, that's all <laughs> I, I play it for. It's great, but um, no, I love that to bits. Um, so yeah, I mean that kind of also touched on. A bit of the, the bit I wanted to get into, which is, yeah, your brewing style and everything, which is, uh, I think, just just really cool. And, and as I say, I, wa- I always wanted to kind of touch on uh, how everyone else approaches the game and that everyone is different, importantly, and, and you know, that sometimes getting inspired by the way other people see it and, um, you know, kind of just, just discussing that is a lot of fun. But um, the the last point on the, the spreadsheet, uh, the great, what do we call it again? the bit.ly slash g3 decks uh spreadsheet the, the biggest thing that kind of stood out to me as well that i kind of think about now in a different way um thanks to this spreadsheet was the way you've kind of organized things in uh of course you've got the commander the list and then the play style you try and boil it down to a with gimmick mid-range aggro you know aggro control is a funny one i love that little combo that's a fun one to okay so these ter- this terminology all it is is from this like wiki page oh yeah yeah and it, i i just copied it from it but <laughs> oh, it, it's got this um uh i have it somewhere else that kind of boils it down so I'm, I'm gonna pull that up real quick just as my little cheat sheet in front of me prisons one as well which is like oh yeah okay thing. I like aggro. Okay, here we go. So aggro is threats, yep. tempo, redundant. Every card is a threat, and every threat does the same thing, deal damage. Aggro decks try to beat out the opponent before they can fight back and generally have very little late game um, if the opponent is able to stabilize. Yeah, yeah. So te- threats, tempo, redundant. Control is answers, inevitable, redundant. So the contrast on one axis is threats versus answers, and then tempo versus inevitable, and then redundant versus essential, which you haven't seen yet because I haven't gotten to there. So <laughs> control is answers, inevitable, redundant. Control tries to have a lot of cards that take away opposing threats in the form of bounces, spot removal, board wipes, and counter spells. Control tries to survive early game until it can establish its own threat, which is used to close up the late game. So um, the last one of the classic trio, usually in, in like um, competitive formats, is this kind of triangle between aggro, control, and combo. Mm. They they form this weapon triangle. If you're familiar with Fire Emblem, where it's it's you know aggro beats control, control beats combo, and combo beats aggro. Yeah, your paper scissors. Because rock combo, type thing, yeah. 
exactly 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 uh so that's that's like the triad that's that's um most well known so combo is threats inevitable essential each combo piece is not a threat in and of itself but there's a high degree of inevitability to a deck that can flat out win the game if it gets all the pieces together not as much redundancy as an aggro deck due to each combo piece being essential with few to no um possible replacements Mm. So that's that's the the triad, but within within magic, you know, you can kind of mix things up and combine them in in different ways. Um, and so this is at least from the way this wiki describes it, it makes sense to me. But within comp- more competitive sixty card formats, these other styles don't show up as much because they don't really have a meta to play yeah, in. Yeah, yeah. The only exception to that is mid range. Mid range has just come to become a its own its own little um pocket and so instead of having a weapons triangle it's like a weapon square almost. <laughs> yeah true um and that's uh that's or is it more the uh, the middle of the triangle in a way like you're kind of piecing bits from i don't know it's, yeah. there's, there's a few so, ways you can so, conceptualize it actually yeah m- mid-range i'll i'll s- skip ahead to that just based off of the way this is listed so mid-range is also share space with control aggro Ah, so it's threats inevitable and redundant it says the flip side to control decks that trades answers for threats each threat in the mid-range deck is usually a big balmy problematic card eventually you'll drawn to enough of them to overwhelm Mm. the opponent so instead of yeah instead of killing off your opponent's creatures you just play better creatures you're playing a control deck but your control elements are just you know big Big good quality. Things, that's yeah. the the epitable mid range deck is the siege rhino meta. Yeah, which of, which of which I mean, no block. doubt, a lot of a lot of kind of decks kind of fall into for sure. Nowadays, yeah. yes, yeah, they've they've gone. Wizards have has gone a lot more um, the hybrid, the agro, the control aggro and aggro control approach nowadays um, compared to a few years ago when this wiki entry was likely written. Mm. Uh, so the next one is aggro control. That's answers, tempo, and redundant. It's the flip side of aggro that trades threats for answers. Tempo decks try to answer as much as they can, but are only able to hold off the opponent for just long enough to finish them. Uh, the next one is prison. It's answers, inevitable, essential. The flip side, the combo that trades threats for answers. Instead of establishing an instant win condition, prison decks establish an inevitable never lose condition <laughs> by pre- by preventing attacks or damage or resource generation. So stacks, yeah, stacks yeah. is a prison deck, um, and it's it's a legitimate strategy. People might, um, I typically, if you go through my deck list, if you go to bit.ly forward slash g the number three then decks and go down my list of decks. Um, you'll only see two, maybe yeah, three. Yeah, I noted those actually, and that's just that's call just kind of my playstyle, you know. Call it what you want. <laughs> Prison's real name is Shitty Bringing to Table Dot Deck. Please don't. <sighs> see, Chesh, after after speed running your series, you know, sometimes you speak with this this position of authority to the listener. You gotta understand. Chesh is speaking from his opinion, and all opinions are valid. Just just because uh, prison prison isn't something the social player wants to see at the table doesn't mean it's an invalid strategy. Um, and that's that's just up to rule zero. Talk and talk to your your play group before playing a stacks deck because it fundamentally changes the the 
the end of the game from someone winning to all of them not winning and and you not losing like that that just, stacks can be a little tricky so talk to your player yeah, for playing stacks exactly and i think it's it's yeah and knowing uh socially what you're you're bringing exactly and i think that was that point when we spoke about a while ago chess so was, i was making that like yeah it exists it's not a it's not a bug it's a feature however uh just i don't know if if you want to bring it understand also what you're bringing to what people perceive you as like you know how they want to play with you and that kind of thing too and it's like is it being rude like that that's a good way to put it it's like you know didn't will you be invited back type thing but it's you know again and sometimes a group can have a baddie a resident baddie in the lexicon crew it's, it's brandon and he embraces it yeah. he's our group and that's kind of fun and that's kind exactly. of the joke and if you're coming into our stream not really getting that we we go like kill Brandon first, it's kind of a joke. It's it's this mantle he's embraced himself. Yeah. Uh in part because he does play more prison effects than the rest of us. You know, some of us will play kind of group sluggy, but not so much mm. resource denial or or just kind of I don't know. Brandon does play more controlly and prisony than the rest of us. Not to say he goes all out stacks. That's not how our group rolls, but that's mm. why he's taking up this mantle of being the baddie because he's innately like taken up. That's that's like his play style. So it's it's not bad. You're not invalid for playing it. No matter what Chesh says, you can play. <laughs> you can play pl- prison. Just don't don't come to your local game store and go. I don't know these people. I'm gonna blow up their lands. <laughs> yeah, and Are you sure that's the point I keep making. And make them sit here for four hours. Yeah, yeah. Just, just like, don't don't bring it to a random. Group. Oh, of course, exactly. Do exactly. whatever with your friends. If you want to get drunk on the weekend and have sex with your friends, with your friends, that is entirely mm, up to you. Orgy time. But, <laughs> yeah, exactly. And then play stacks. But yeah. but if you're coming to my party and you're trying to have sex with me and I have no idea who you are, <laughs> I don't want to have sex with you. And stacks is very much the same. Now, some people aren't like that, and that's fine, because everybody's different. I, however, I'm not like that, so I would prefer not. Mm. So, See, that's my analogy. So don't pitch, don't pick, pitch for Chesh for speaking his opinion. Just know that it is an opinion. It's not fact. Mm. All right, the last two is gimmick <laughs> and meta. My Gimmicks favorite. are threats, tempos, and essential. A gimmick deck burns all of its resources trying to force a specific interaction but the interaction is not one that will guarantee a win a gimmick deck is a lot like a combo deck capable of extremely strong and explosive plays when all the gears mesh but either the window for capitalizing on these kinds of plays is extremely small or the interaction is so vulnerable to disruption to disruption that the deck completely falls apart without it Mm. for me a great example of that within my repertoire of decks is my brutaclad deck uh, I have it marked as a gimmick deck because it's both um, it's a mer tribal deck and it's a copy token deck, and then mm. it has a handful of payoff cards that you you can get to this critical mass of of like uh, stacking effects, but it can only get there if you both have a setup like an enabler a payoff card and then some actual like gas to get it going right yeah and it needs all those things to actually work otherwise it's just i have a couple myrrh on the field and i have like some enchantment that's not doing anything at the moment so that's that's to me out out of this example like that's that's the perfect um 
to myself. I'm ex- giving yeah, myself yeah. an example because to the viewer, and, you have no idea what my Murdeck is. <laughs> so if you want to play against it, my Brudeclad, let me know. It's it's also that it's not necessarily diminishing it as a uh, as as a kind of obscenely weak deck or like it's it's not like gimmick uh you can you can kind of dismiss it as a crap deck kind of thing it's it's yeah more, it's not pejorative it, it, gimmick yeah yeah it's like this can actually be because I, I think of my jorian deck as a gimmick deck it's like well, it does the polymorph thing that's what i say and it's you know it's kind of and and that process of it does involve a few moving parts that have to be in equal kind of uh ratio to each other uh or or you know uh, not precise but like it's it's like brewing a beer kind of thing you need like you say you set up you need uh something to sustain for an amount of time or something or and then to find the thing to actually like tick that off and and it's rather than it's just a different different play style than the others which is really i i love it and it's like it often turns into i I think quite a few of my decks are gimmick decks for that reason actually so yeah so it's one of those things where it's like two two turns later like two turns ago you're like i'm not doing anything then two turns later yeah, you're like yeah. i'm doing everything exactly <laughs> i'm like yeah this is pod racing so yeah um met, what was so what was meta yeah so Meta's the last one it's answers tempo and essential a meta deck is designed to shut down whatever dominant deck is ruling at the moment at the cost of all other matchups. Mm. Usually, this is what your deck turns into when you're desperately sideboarding against an otherwise unwinnable matchup. So in mm. Commander specifically, this doesn't exist except for maybe in the upper echelons in actual like CEDH territory. where Or, or, it's, or also if like these play, are the yeah, play groups kind of just play together within for a the long play time. Group, yes. And exactly, yeah, they yes. start to evolve with each other type thing. Yeah, so that that can that can kind of happen sometimes where you within your meta you start building a silver bullet deck um against, you know, you, your player A and player B or or like the both of them combined or whatever, but then you go to a GP and you play that deck against someone else and like it just falls apart because Yeah, yeah, like, exactly. I didn't I forgot that, you know, damage spells existed or whatever. <laughs> exactly, exactly. <laughs> No, cool. So yeah, yeah, that's that's the 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 uh key, the um terminology used in my spreadsheet on the one your your two, matrix, three, if you will. For the fourth column, the the D column is playstyle. So yeah. I have playstyle, and then next to that I have primary theme and secondary that theme. That was the bit I love the most, the primary and secondary. And being able to define those I think would really help. And I need to I would love to actually start to put mine, organize mine in this kind of list because it would get me thinking and about so that. But here's yeah. here's how you do it. Go to edhrec.com yep. forward slash themes. And that's where I got these names. Yeah. There's there's very few of these that aren't on that website uh a good example of one that's not on there is uh sidri galvanic genius is my gimmick deck it's animated artifacts Mm. the idea is to turn artifacts into creatures that aren't normally creatures and that's that that takes a lot of setup and payoff and yeah exactly (laughs) do do dirtly 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 stuff with it um, so that's not a, a outright theme on EDA Trek, but you got your classic, um, your tribes, your tribal stuff um, that's not on the themes page. So I, I just kind of combined it. I have a list somewhere that this um, my spreadsheet pulls from. That's both EDA Trek mm. forward slash themes and EDA Trek dot com forward slash tribes. So nice. I have both of those combined. Um, 
So I can do a theme that is tribal, and I can do non-tribal themes. Um, like I have Estrid Aura's Enchantments. That's pretty straightforward. Or let's see. my Here's a quirky one. Morpheon, Morophon the Boundless plus Gehira as a, as a companion. It's a mutate deck um, built around Kihira. So all of the creatures, basically it's, it's me taking Ikoria cards, all the showcase <laughs> cards um, that aren't, uh, that are, what is it? It's nightmares, cats, uh, ele- beasts? elementals. Uh, be- no, not beasts. No, no, dinosaurs. Be- wait, but d- dinosaur, nightmare, cats. Uh, f- there's five. Anyway, the five. There's five apex. <laughs> I was beast too. Yeah, sorry. Cat, so, elemental, nightmare, dinosaur, beast. Yeah, there you are. Yeah, there's one more, right? Yeah, elemental, yeah. right? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah. So anyway, we we got there. We got there. Uh, so the that's not something you're really gonna find on EDA track, but something that you will find is something straightforward like aristocrats. Actually. That's a bad example of straightforward, but bounce, bounce, uh, theme or, uh, let's see, forced combat, sacrifice, artifacts, yeah. self mill. So a lot of stuff that you might, as a, as a builder already know some of these terms, but you might not have codified it. Um, so, uh, like de- you wouldn't have delineated it within your mind necessarily, mm-hmm. That's but right. if you go on EDH rec, it there are these different uh, themes, and the idea for me was to just go, hey, the way I like building decks is is like fifteen cards that follow a theme, but then I also want to combine it in in sometimes synergistic and sometimes quirky ways another theme that's about 15 cards yeah and in the classic deck building templates it's you know you got your 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 ramp you got your card draw you got your your removal and then you got your what the deck does yeah and so mia i just wanted to break down what the deck does from a, a, a word for like a, blue, like a, a two word yeah, combination like a blueprint too and it's it's such a good thought exercise because then you can actually get into those points they're they're the isolated kind of silos of uh themes and also like you said your, your vegetables uh but then finding those those areas where those can overlap in the great venn diagram is like hugely like satisfying and it's like it's finding something that is hydras and expels which sometimes inherently happens of course and then vampires and madness and um warriors and combat and yeah exactly and then like if those can ever synergize with like your ramp pieces i think i always find that or your removal pieces um hugely hugely satisfying for sure so i don't have it listed at the moment but something i intend to do is if you actually go into my deck lists i've delineated i'm pretty sure i i updated all of them to fit this this template where that the concept of the ramp package, the mm. removal, the card draw. I've set that as custom categories on all my decks. So I want to bring that into this list and have a high level view of what percentage of all my builds is ramp mm. and mm. card draw and removal and the actual theme packages and actually have these ratios and understand myself as a player and have like a player card, like a, not a magic card, but like a um, more like a baseball card where yeah. on the back you have the stats <laughs> yeah, or whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so with that, that's kind of like a, a dating profile thing. People were joking about that on, on 
uh, Twitter a couple weeks back, and I was like, that's actually like a good idea for <laughs> Rule Zero discussions, where yeah, if you just have your profile card. that overview of like, oh, I'm a type of player who, out of all my <laughs> decks, I have 30% removal spells. I would go, as as me, a Rule Zero player, I would go, I don't want to play with you. <laughs> he he averages, uh, he averages uh, what do you call it, like, four, uh, tur- turn four wins on, like, I don't know, like, you know like 2.5 games or something like it's yeah it's you can have yeah. those kind of funny things it's like oh yeah like on average he uh finishes the game uh at turn 4.5 and like <laughs> oh man that's 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 a wild idea i love it i love it i mean that'd be fun to mock be up. an interesting concept yeah totally yeah. and it's like yeah, I mean, what 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 would be the useful information like you say it's yeah what position do you play gimmick <laughs> you know control aggro generally yes are you an aggro player yeah, are you generally, a control player like, yeah. are you a hybrid in general yes yeah, exactly and, and like uh how efficient are your decks oh wow um what what are your do not like yeah like yeah. what's your what's your not okay with when it comes to rule zero conversations that's right uh are you cool silver border and just check yes for wacky like yeah and that's the fun part that it's uh I, we've said this a couple of times there's no like perfect solution to all this yet except for just keep having a conversation but these kind of thought experiments are so much fun to go almost what would that this look like ha- and that, that wouldn't be perfect of course but it would be fun and like interesting to go all right how do i best match up with other players and it might actually do a pretty good job of that because this like, yeah. past year of building out this list has been in part a a try and dis- a, 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 a attempt to discover what to me would be like what it would look like if i approached someone else and said here's how i play yeah, and yeah. have it try and be distilled i haven't distilled it yet but i have all the raw parts and i've thought a lot more than i should have yeah. maybe <laughs> but i've tried to use i've tried to use magic as this um not metaphor because it's it doesn't work that way because it's a complex rule system yeah, and yeah. all these different moving pieces but i've tried to use it as a microcosm for this larger set of concepts i've i've thought about for a long time um i (laughs) about who you are and stuff and like yeah that's that's just kind of like who i am Mm. and and what i try and do is try and distill this like esoteric and unwordable part of the human experience and like um magic has helped me become more more verbose and have an actual mm. lexicon here uh, have a lexicon dis- <laughs> I, to discuss I love using that word for that uh, reason like a lexicon if you will yes <laughs> <laughs> having a lexicon to discuss like these concepts mm. that are beyond the the day-to-day humanness and so with magic there is a hint of magic to it mm-hmm. because it's it's like it's got these like fancy elements, right? But it's also got the other kind of magic where it's like real life magic, where it's it's perception, it's thoughts, it's whatever angle shooting is, it's whatever yeah. you know, sitting down and having a conversation is, it's whatever the way you interact with people, using yeah. yeah, what whatever it is when you're playing play. Yeah. Whatever play is. Yeah. Play is this unique and special aspect of of it's it's not unique to humans, but within humans, it has this extra facet because we we take our experiences with us on a longer scale. I think mm. um, so. Play plays this very interesting thing, and so I 
this allows us to to slip into these other frequencies kind of like we were talking about earlier Mm -hmm. and so i've i've always been fascinated on how how do you get people to play but then have that play be actual like um tangible payoffs and and like rewarding experiences for the the person playing Mm. how do you how do you turn a what would typically be a fantasy experience or or an act of imagination and turn it into an actual turning of of the personal dial and being able to oh i learned something new about myself or oh i'm crafting this skill in my in my skill set or oh i'm i'm building up this relationship with with another person yeah. and trying to formalize the the language that we use to describe that and also talk about the actual uh, you know how do you trust someone when they tell you they yeah. know something yeah. right how do you how do you know all that and so magic distills all that stuff into a, a very neatly packaged system uh you you can absolutely trust somebody except if they're brandon okay <laughs> don't, yeah, if, well, yeah if you're ever playing on the lexicon Naturally. stream don't don't take brandon's deals he's the heel yeah. but yes ma- magic helps distill all that because you <laughs> it makes all those long-term interpersonal relationships distilled into like an hour experience and you, you yeah that's right and and it's also that that the whole thing people are approaching it with different um you know agendas if you will like or like different perspectives and then how we all meet in the middle and then you know and like you said before that that whole idea of like looking inside to define delight in a way too mm. and knowing how you work and how you function and um how you might interact at the same time but um yeah it's i don't know that's i that's that's where i have to say that's where i'd absolutely love <laughs> where our conversations go and and I, I know they're uh they're very they can get very abstract and i think it's actually quite healthy to do so rather than going everything has to be in the constraints of what we know and whatever it's like no why can't we talk in question marks yeah i've i've always been of- an italicized person <laughs> yeah exactly i'm not i'm not bold i might be loud sometimes but i'm not i'm not bold i'm i'm italicized i'm i've always had this you know um especially like i started getting high when i was like 16 and like that Mm. shaped my my adolescence in in a lot of ways and i've i've always been the person to like do what we're doing right now but like mm. around unreceptive people kind of like this this conversation's yeah, yeah. been great but i've had experiences in the past where i'm talking about stuff that it's not if the if you don't have the words for it in your mind i can't explain it cuz i don't have the words for yeah, it either yeah. right and that's what esoteric means it's like inner knowledge exoteric is stuff you yeah. can actually talk about but esoteric is is the things inside you that you have knowledge about it's it's hidden knowledge because you can't ch- exchange that knowledge to another. Have them yeah, they don't really one hundred. Yeah, yeah they, they can't pick it up and go. I know you're talking about an orange because you're holding an orange. Like it's no. Yeah, I, yeah. You're talking about the concept of orange because this is before the word orange meant the color orange. You know, a few mm. hundred years ago. It's like <laughs> how, what what is that? 
I don't know. We don't have a word for it. Like that's there's yeah. so many human experiences that we we just dismiss because we don't have the terminology to discuss it. And I'm so fascinated by that. And yeah, I, I, and it's fascinating when other cultures have the words for them like, yes. or a word for something that doesn't match. So it's like, I, ooh. I'm actually kind of I don't I don't want to say skilled in that necessarily, but I was formally trained. Um, I I kind of meandered through community college and had no fucking clue what i wanted to study and so i worked i worked and went to school part-time at a community college and at the beginning of my third year of community college just going half time right normally it's two you're supposed to do two years and then transfer at least that's in california that's that's kind of how how people do it here um i did for four years and on the beginning of my third year i found out the thing called cognitive science existed and like Mm. super fascinated by it because it's all these different interesting things right um i found a wikipedia page that's how i found out about it and so if you go on the wikipedia for for cognitive science it it lists linguistics philosophy um computer Mm. science anthropology um psychology and philosophy and i'm like i care about all that can i study this is there a school for (laughs) this right and so i found out that um you know a school local fairly locally to me offered a program for it and i'd already I'd, i hadn't taken any higher uh division courses essentially I, t- I took um all general education and in california if you do that you can get a guaranteed admission to a single university of california Dang. if you just meet these requirements right so mm. i i didn't waste time i didn't race, waste credits by actually focusing on any one major my major was general education and happened to coincide with this cognitive science um, uh, coursework at the school. So I was like, great, I'll transfer there and study cognitive science. And that was one of the best things to happen to me. And a good example of serendipity in my life, I've had a long series of just like random pivotal moments in my life. And so one of them happened to be just choosing this school to study this this major that I randomly stumbled upon, right? That's that's like the definition of serendipity, <laughs> right? Um, so in cognitive science, I I studied linguistics um, and a lot of psychology, and and so I'm super fascinated by stuff like that. And so one of the examples mm-hmm. that stood out to me, actually, there, there's two good examples. One is a um, some some um, native tribe in Africa has terminology for the cardinal directions north south east west right and and all the all the permutations of that like north northwest north northeast yada 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 Mm. but they don't have the um is it ordinal i can't remember left and right they don't have terminology to discuss like the left side of you or the right side of you but if they say you know hey can you pass me that thing to the north northeast of you that person would know exactly what you're talking about because they have this um added sense within them of the cardinal direction at all times even when indoors yeah, yeah. they already they they just innately know which way is an north. internal compass Be- if you will yeah exactly because they have this framework to think and discuss it they're able to Dang. just make it second nature but because we don't have that it's a harder it's an extra step for us to stop and think yeah. go wait which way's north in relation to me right now um but we we have an easier time of going oh that thing to the left of you they, yeah they would take longer to figure out what you're talking about but if, if and, you and, and, and it speaks know. to the idea of 
um, detaching those those kind of constraints of perception to being, you know, always what you've known them to be in 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 kind of conversation and and you know the way we communicate kind of thing. It's it's you know it's it's usually like it's like well, what if actually that was never a kind of one of your foundational concepts and it, it always hinged off a different kind of axis of direction. It's it's like yeah, oh, it's I- incredible, and it's like that's it's incredibly enlightening to kind of. Uh, in a way, it's like I remember learning a language. Uh, I didn't do like I didn't mm. do much of it, like a bunch of Japanese. But that taught me a lot about. It made me question a lot of the way English was structured in a really refreshing way. I'm like, oh, this is really fascinating. Otherwise, I'd have no point of reference. That's a but, good um, example for the the other concept I wanted to bring up, which is um, color terminology. And Japanese mm, has mm. N- I don't want to get this wrong. It has no term <laughs> for green. No, no term for blue, but it does have a green. Is that right? You know uh, what I'm talking about? I think there's still, I think there's still names for them. Though. There, there is, so the common example, at least how it was taught in in my coursework, was uh, if you showed them a. Oh, okay, yeah, it's it's not so much green, but it is blue. So if you show them a stoplight with the green light, they wouldn't call that green. They would use the term for blue and wouldn't delineate between green and blue within that color spectrum or that sorry that slice of the color spectrum um and that actually extends to their their actual like perception of it it um and different languages have different delineations for colors like russian delineates between like sky blue and regular blue and so what that Mm. native speakers of these languages that delineate in different ways have different um like often it's a test where it on a screen it will show like a just a plus sign they're supposed to stare at the plus sign and then it flashes a color and then flashes a different color and then you you say is it like the same or different and then another one is where it's like a wheel of of all the same color except for one and you how quickly they can pick out which one's the the wrong quote unquote the wrong one because it's a Mm. different color and trying to find where that threshold is when you have the actual words to dis- to delineate in a greater uh detail your ability to perceive is quicker um versus um other languages that don't really delineate as much and then there's mm-hmm. also this this um highly purported hierarchy of 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 color language where it's all languages have at least a term for black and white if they were yeah. to have another term, it's for red hues. Um, yeah. And First they kind of just don't delineate all other colors other than red, black, and white. It's just like not red or whatever. Um, and then if they were to have anything above that, I believe it's um, blue. And then above that, it's like yellowish green. And then you start getting the this higher slice of delineation and, and, and is is there is there kind of ideas that that's kind of tied to things like blood or meat or like you know sustenance like like uh, that's that's more anthropological than actual mm. like uh linguistics um that yeah. i guess that's a- anthrolinguistics uh i don't know specifically yeah. the causes of the different delineations of our colors but i do know that there are linguistic uh differences between between different languages there's different terms for colors and the terms for colors follow this hierarchy of of specificity it's always at a minimum light and dark and then above that's red and then 
I can't really remember the specifics <laughs> after that because it's been a bit since I've done my coursework. But um, there is this color hierarchy, um, yeah. which is very very interesting to me. I think I mean I mean bottom line I think your your what you study was one of the most interesting things I've ever heard and it's like it's it's also the type of thing that clicks with me in a way because I like thinking about abstracts I like thinking about ways like the ways things are in in a way that doesn't have to be definitive but like uh you know a, a kind of a combination of factors and and you know that in a way that I don't know it freaks people out and like, I don't even want to think about it it's like no it's kind of that satisfies my brain. It clicks. It's great, and it's. But I, I, you know, with the idea that it might not ever have answers to, and that's fine. <laughs> but yeah, no, it, um, yeah, I, I was going to yeah, say you the, can, you a, can draw oh, a line anywhere and have it be, have it be right, or or have it be like scary. That's yeah, that's like your two yeah, options. Yeah, yeah. It's either that's ambiguous right. or it's you've constrained yourself in such a way that you think you're right. That's to me like yeah, the I, only. I believe only in question marks. I love that, and it's yeah, exactly. And and I know everyone's built differently, that kind of thing too. But um, no, that's that's, I, and I can't thank you enough for for delving into those kind of concepts because it's like they're things that I mean, I I don't I don't come from an academic background anyway. It's kind of all just like I think about those things. They kind of come from just you know thinking about things on you know while I'm driving the car one day and it's like oh it's a strange <laughs> thing um but they're, they're those kind of things too that uh I find it very infectious in a way uh in a great like it it, it it brings me a lot of joy to kind of discuss these topics because they they do highlight that idea that everything is a series of you know kind of factors kind of uh and, and coincidences and and you know, just everything Cascadious. is Cascadious. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Everything's interesting when you boil it, like you put down to granular levels. And I think that's a really healthy kind of, um, you know, thing to remember when, you know, things are tough. And it's like the, if you can try and channel that, I know it's not easy. Uh, it, it's helped me a lot when I can kind of get back, resonate back in those zones where you're like, oh, those wavelengths of like, oh, I'm actually... Yeah stopping to think about things in, in a level that is satisfying yeah, I'm, that's, you know. I'm not a nihilist or nihilist because i understand ambiguity and i'm yeah. agnostic to the the reality that i live in yeah you had a yeah uh, i'm just a jerk you're just <laughs> that's why we love you chish no um don't you mean the, i'm a potato <laughs> i'm a potato i'm a potato <laughs> Impromptu song. I love it. A little bit exactly. of levity this, this to is my, a, my prime... heavy handedness. Yeah, exactly. This is the prime commander content you all tune in for. So um, thanks for sticking oh, with this us. Oh, this is a commander this. podcast? Yeah, exactly. We, we, you're not on. Well, welcome to Potato Crunch. Yeah, potato Crunch, exactly. Um, it's, well, it's crispy crunch potatoes. Exactly. To keep assuming along anyway, or um, we will get to guest profile questions in a hot second. Um, there was one concept I um, I wanted to run by you when we're talking about you know things that don't exist in all languages, and I mean the Japanese Japanese culture is filled with this, which is amazing. Um, but the one that always always sticks with me is a concept I'm I think you know always always chasing to try and achieve in life is which it, is a great is it ikigai it is absolutely ikigai <laughs> and it's <laughs> uh my wife kate got a book of it and um that explained it and it was like oh this is incredible and in the in a way that that 
speaks to me, uh, you know, profoundly, profoundly to to talk about things in Venn diagrams is often like I I love to, to think to the way. listener to the listener type in I K I G A I. And just hit images. Yeah, and image search. And it, it explains exactly. And so it the just, Venn diagram it's self-explanatory. is self-explanatory. Yeah, and yeah, I've tried to explain <laughs> this to I've tried to explain this to people in uh, that never heard of it in just just with words, and I find it pretty hard. Uh, this does a good job because if I remember what the things are, but visually it does the best job of it. But basically, you've got this four-way Venn diagram of there's. Uh, crossovers of what you love, what the world needs, what you can be paid for, and what you're good at. And between each of those is passion, mission, vocation, profession. And right in the middle, uh, and this it boils down between those, of, of course, being a four-way Venn diagram, but right in the middle is Ikigai. So you're doing something that doesn't necessarily pay the most in the world, but it sustains you. Uh, you do something that satisfies you, uh, kind and of it because impacts you love it. the world positively. It impacts the world, and you're good at it. And it's like that's that's the something I want to chase. But Kate would always put it down to. I mean, she read the book, and she's like, "You put it down to someone who is making sustainable furniture or something." And it's like, and they mm. uh, they're finding she she loves pointing out when someone's like achieved ikigai, and it's like it's beautiful, and it's it's something that makes me smile, and will always chase it kind of thing. And I don't think I've I've got near it yet, but like I'd like to. It's it's a building block thing too. Like you can't rip up your life and achieve it tomorrow necessarily, but it's something to strive towards. But yeah, strive I, for Tru- yeah. truly. It's it's your life's goal. Yeah, and totally. It, you totally. might not know what it is, but but that's the fun part because my daily life, I'm not in this. Wherever yeah. these concepts are, it's in the discussion I'm having with other people, and that's the part I like. Mm. But it's the dif- the difficult part is actually living this, and that's true for anyone, really. It's it's how do you find balance in your life to actually be fulfilled and be comfortable with with your station in life, and be comfortable with your impact on others, and be comfortable with yourself and your your actual mm. like your the things you're doing. And so, yeah, how do you yeah. do that? I don't know. I don't have the answers. And <laughs> exactly. I, 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 but... I don't have the answers for myself either, but I love talking about it. And it's yeah. it's one of my favorite things to do is actually like, hey, like, y- you know, our lives are weird. The world is weird. Reality is weird. How do we navigate all this waves of weirdness? I don't know. But maybe we can put some words to it and find yeah. out a little bit more information about ourselves and other people that's right Inten- intention and direction a uh, uh, step one and that goes a long way because then things tend to manifest from there kind of thing so it's it's i i've i've had a big personal journey of like being able to deal with not being able to solve everything straight away and you got to be cool with that and finding comfort in the fact that it's like well th- it's the steps that make it happen you know and it, and it can kind of go from there kind of thing so yeah and keep keep at those steps even if you're not seeing immediate payoff that's one of the hardest parts of life one of the hardest parts in my own life i know it's so frustrating because i've i've listened to these these books i've listened to these like um you know i i know these concepts i studied cognitive science i know that you're supposed to like set your habits and be Mm -hmm. able to you know follow follow these different guidelines I can't follow those guys because <laughs> exactly. I already have all this like baggage. I have this momentum to my life already, yeah. and I'm trying to resolve this momentum in myself while at the same time trying to just 
I want to hop dimensions and just be the version of myself that I know exists Mm. if they were to actually pursue all these good things. And really, you can't hop dimensions, but what you can do is steer yourself into what that version of yourself would be. And that's the hardest part, is actually (laughs) steering. The steering is the hardest part because I I see it in myself and I see it in, in other people. You are not your thoughts. That's yeah. if you take anything away from this conversation, you the idea of yourself is not the same thing as you currently hearing me talk and, mm. and interpreting that information. And then if you were to turn this podcast off and start thinking about this podcast or anything else, you are not those thoughts that are perceiving you're the thing perceiving the thoughts. That's the way I interpret it. That might not be the the truth in reality, but to me, that expansion of of the self beyond just being I'm thinking this and I'm feeling this way and I'm I'm a, I'm reacting to these situations mm-hmm. and I'm 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 caught I'm getting angry because I'm supposed to be angry right now because of, oh or I'm sad because, because of spoiler this season or that. and art and yeah exactly yeah, it's yeah, like mm. you don't have to be your emotions you don't have to be your thoughts. You don't have to be your body. You don't have to be your ideal self. You just be. Be in the moment. Be here now is what some more esoteric people would say. Being here now means not being tied to the outcome of the moment. Yeah. And sometimes that's hard because some moments feel so real and impactful that they actually matter and it turns into your reality. Mm -hmm. And so those situations are impactful or at least we we feel like they are but sometimes we we apply that same logic to situations that don't need it yeah and and unfortunately this game that we know and love can (laughs) fill that gap a lot of times it can become your personality it can become all you think about it can become your actions i've fallen victim to it too but i'm trying to wield it and turn it into this alchemic process where i turn into that better version of myself Mm. because i have the language to discuss my actions i have the language to to understand that gap between perception and reaction that gap between my my sensory organs and the the processes that interpret all the algorithms of life and the thing perceiving all that aspects of myself so i i you know some people might get a little little you know off by <laughs> my my more esoteric perspective but i'm i'm of though. the non non-scientific materialist perspective that that's yep. the terminology a lot of people use scientific materialism is the belief that the physical world is the limit of of experiential reality yeah um and i'm I I don't want to say though, the shtick where it's yeah, exactly. I'm I'm not religious I'm spiritual and I people have joked about that for decades yeah. that's kind of where I am I don't follow a religion I don't even, my no, spiritualism no, I, I is, is just yeah. ikigai it, yeah we were already exactly. talking about what my religion is it's ikigai it's me trying to become the version of myself I know I can become. Mm. Uh, and that that version of myself is is good for the world. It's good for myself. It's good for the people around me, and it's good for for the experience that I live in its totality. But I'm not there yet, and I've I've lived through a lot of hard stuff. But I'm here telling you right now that you can live in a better mindscape 
if you just take a step back from that version of yourself that reacts to everything and take a step back from mm. from just thinking that you are your thoughts. Um, I'm currently going through kind of like a little bit of difficulty within, um, not within my family, but within uh, extended family. And yeah. it's it's been a little difficult for me trying to resolve, help that person resolve their own worldview when they've, all they've known is their reactive self. Yes. And like, yeah. I, I'm not trying to talk down to them. I'm not trying to like make them feel bad for being just who they are and, and have lived the life that they've lived. But at the same time, I I'm beating myself up because I don't have the language that would clearly convey from a to B. Hey, if you think this thought it would cl- it would resolve your issues. Yeah, it's yeah, like no, exactly. that there is no there is no magic word key to unlock the idea in the other person. That's Inception. Yeah. That was a movie and not real. <laughs> you know, <laughs> so you, you can't do that or that we know of anyway. Exactly, and that's the thing. There's, a, there's at least not yet. At least not yet. Yeah. Taking yeah, making a connection there is you know like you can see it in your head, but it's like it's 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 one other thing to for it to actually eventuate and that's and, that's and, why and, and, and it's it's and it. that's my reasoning for not being a scientific materialist because of that issue right there mm-hmm. because there's the term is semiology semiology is the study of meaning making and symbol um the meaning of symbols yep. um and so if you have symbol a sent from an, uh for, you know sent from you to to someone else they might not have the lexicon for what that symbol is completely overlapped with what your lexicon yeah, is. That's and so the process of sending it from you to them can change what that thing is. Totally. And that thing was an idea. And that idea doesn't exist. It doesn't exist in, in particles, in electrons or neutrons. It exists in our minds or the patterns within our minds or something between the alchemic reaction between two people talking, mm. and you form these human ions, and the, all right, I'm done. Let's, let's <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm <laughs> jumping off that ledge. <laughs> I, I, I appreciate it. You did bring it back to uh, Magic and Commander, and I, I think I needed that this week when 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 it all the noise was a bit too much. I think when it's people are just being overly reactive, and you just want to comment to each and every one of them you're like well oh, but you, like you can't the, you, the you need to yeah, step the mystical away from archive oh yeah it's oh, yeah the mystical archive which, reaction to the uh, which i won't even get mixed mixed media art uh, um, what, which i won't which even get started that? on but yeah exactly it's it's that one but, but the, yeah, the vitriol th- that that art received was unfounded yes and i still don't like it no neither like, don't, it's, it's made don't me, be don't yeah. be rude to an artist yeah. or send i, I said it's like yeah i said it point come on uh it does not Art is subjective. Uh, you know, it may not be for you, but it does not give you license to. If you don't like it, it does not give you license to completely dismiss someone's livelihood. And I think that's the thing. It's like, uh, yeah, and I don't even want to touch on it any more than that because it was. Uh, it's like I want to just message, like, reply to a lot of people, but I can't do that, and I'm not going to that kind of thing. So, um, but I, yeah, I like too, the too much mental weight. Yeah, totally. And it's yeah, it's it's you know bad juju. Like it's just just dragging through the mud of that stuff because i know it won't eventuate in any um, change of perceptions but um anyway 
Don't be a piece of shit. Basically, like, just, yeah, just chill. Like, it is a card game we're having fun with at the end of the day, too. And, um, yeah. But opinions are like assholes. Everyone has them, and most of the time they're just spitting shit. Yeah, and I love that one exactly. But um, you know, Nick, I love I love the fact that you did turn it as a as a kind of analogy for uh, magic in a way too. And I was going to say commander as well. When you talked about living in the moment, and that commander is a microcosm of these things in a weird way too. So. Um, Great mm-hmm. way to look at it for sure, but as you said, uh, also a great segue that uh, not everything is commander, not everything is magic. There is more to life, and that's why you're here, and that's why we spend a bunch of time talking about esoteric topics. And I'm, I greatly appreciate it. Mm-hmm. But we're going to move over to the influences that that, that make you and uh, the guest profile questions, of course. So the first one is my most hated, heinous, <laughs> and horrible question. Pineapple on pizza thoughts? Yeah, so I'm 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 cool with pineapple on pizza. I, I fully understand your Heresy! situation, so we don't need to get yeah, into yeah, that. We don't need to know but, why you die um, when you have okay. pineapple on the pizza. But yes, so um, <laughs> the two my I have two recommendations. Oh, One is go. next time you have like a barbecue chicken pizza. Add jalapenos and and um, pineapple yeah, to yeah. it. That's that's something to try. A lot and of us, a, a lot of us do have pineapple on them uh, inherently as a barbecue chicken, um, or some anyway. Yeah. Like a, a local. Mm. Australian a lot of our pizzas pizza just place, have really. pineapple on them inherently because we're Australia. So yeah. you know. <laughs> and then another recommendation is at least to this area. I have no idea how big they are, but there's there's a chain called Roundtable Pizza, and no. uh, they have a, a pizza called Maui Zowie. Uh, and it comes two ways. One's with a Polynesian sauce, which is a little sweeter. Yeah. Uh, I'm not too much of a fan of the Polynesian sauce, so I, I usually just go red sauce for it. But it's a Hawaiian pizza with added stuff. It's also got chives. It's got bacon. Mm. It's got a uh, couple other things. But it's like a it's a whole it's a ham and pineapple plus. Nice. And so I, I like I like that pizza. That's my recommendation. Yeah, I think I've said it before, but we've um we used to add prawns to our Hawaiian pizza, and um that was a nice little addition. Ooh, but yeah, I like the chives there. That's interesting. The the double bacon though, in a way, or not like a double pork, more or less, right? Because well, yeah, one's, one's, ha- one's yes, a spammy pork, kind of yeah. substance, and one's bacon. So yeah, I, and bacon what adds you, a what, different what, thing to the what table. What did you though. call me? What you're a spammy substance. Double pork. <laughs> hey, baby. Times double pork. Pork. Love it. All right, we'll keep these putting along anyway. I am the porker. Uh, G3, pet card you love. May so, not be the best. Oh. <sighs> pet card. Uh, it could be anything, let's say, Brass Squire. Yeah. It's a mer. It can tap to equip an equipment that you control onto a creature you control. I love it. Yay. It's, just, it's like a two-drop. I love that uh, orange, orangey leg. And he's he's... Yeah, he's kind of he's um no, what's the term? Not chipper, but like uh, he's spunky. Yeah, yeah. He's a spunky little. little yeah, dude. It reminds me also the way he's doing the um the the wielding the sword over the shoulder because it's clearly an ultra great sword, like the Dark Souls thing. It's like I'm wielding some serious yes. heat here. Like, yeah, it's super cool. I love it. Yeah, I've I've always liked like this card, and that harkens back to my first deck of oh, my it in. Um, deck builders toolkit. With yes, yeah. So this was one of the early cards that I was like, "Oh, I gotta <laughs> like build around this." Let's do yeah. it. No window, hold it. No window, fold it. 
Yeah. Okay. I'm pretty keen to put something uh, with Joaquin together because I've, I mean, I've pe- I've heard people before that oh, it's a really good. It's like, look, the effect's pretty nuts. Like the boost it gives to your creatures. It's it's underrated. Oh, yeah. yeah. It's it can easily go. Oh no, they have like twelve creatures and they all get three extra power. Yeah. That's uh, that's, that's scary. yeah. Math <laughs> means that's a lot. And and Joaquin kind of looks like Geralt in a cool way, like The Witcher. Um. But the other part, like the the brass squire thing too, um, I realized that was on the list of my cards. I just needed for ages. I've always wanted one. I never pick one up, and and that's a little thing. It's in the Wyleth. Um, is it Wyleth? Yeah, the Wyleth uh, precon. So very very excited to yeah. have one, and very excited to uh, to do some cool brass squire stuff in your name next. So yeah, <laughs> love it. Uh, so you can have a dinner or a drink with anyone dead or alive. Real or fictional, who would you like to do that with? Yeah, I I don't know. I've I've listened to this this podcast all the way through re- fairly recently, and like this is the one question I I just don't have an answer for. It's it's scary because I I I love talking with people like we've had the conversation already on this mm. podcast, and like those are just the type of conversations I enjoy. So the person I would want to talk to could keep up with this conversation and then expand it to the point where it's like and here's how you become that perfect <laughs> version of yourself like i whoever it is they they should be giving me the answers to my own life i don't want to care i don't care about like historical facts or whatever like i want to help humanity become the best version yeah. of itself and to me how i can do that is becoming my best version so whoever can help me become so, that, so oh, that's, you know? that's, i was gonna say it's, in the, inter- it's the interdimensional beings off um off interstellar at the end then like the people that are the ones no, that are in the sixth yeah, dimension they're like they give you all the secrets of existence but no yeah it's, it's clearly meta- it's clearly rufus from bill and ted's <laughs> yeah, yeah that's a good one. yeah I was going to say Metat- Metatron, the voice yeah. of God. Like, <laughs> Angels don't have anything down there. Oh. Exactly. <laughs> oh my God, Dogma is such a good movie. I m- I went to talk to you all about oh, Dogma yeah. randomly, like after after your conversation the other episode. That movie's great. That's 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 a yeah, that's a good that movie for sure. Um, I was I was going to say then. Well, I mean. You know, if if you couldn't get those people, hopefully you'd just have us over for dinner. So, um, you know, that'd be. F- I'm I'm yeah. for it. I'm for it. Yeah. I, okay. Yeah. I'll cheat and say, uh, the that p- pod we played, you know, a few months ago where we we jammed like two games. Oh, and then talked for like uh, four just, hours. Just had <laughs> yes, and just had a fucking great time. Like, let's repeat yeah, that, but in that person. That was the one I keep mentioning because it was really special, and it was um, you know, there's a whole bunch of people that have made up the the kind of our lfg webcam kind of who are the people you can usually find in there looking for games and just like <laughs> you see people looking for a game like some of the crew and you just see you get a smile on your face like i'd i would stop everything right now just to play a game with you guys it's the best but that Im- that image macro of what the fuck they doing yeah, over exactly. there <laughs> the, the cat meme exactly i had I, I got one of stevie our cat doing that the other day and it made me laugh so hard and so, <laughs> what are they doing over there um so uh that one was was it peter mono whiteboarder it was joel and thrillmond it was yourself and it was i want to say gabe gabe yeah, it was Gabe, Gabe right? Yeah. He was playing Trago. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was the rock. That was the yeah. rock experience. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like, it's um, good. Good yeah, stuff. I love that one so much. But that yeah, it's. Uh, I'm glad you brought that up because I was like, I, I 
yeah, that was a special moment, and we we spoke about everything that time. It's like uh, there's one that came up. Something came up. I remember Gabe told me, uh, Chesh, about. He's like, "Do you know about the in Australia? Do you know about the emu war?" I'm like, "The what?" And I had to Google it. And <laughs> I'm just, yeah, Chesh, Chesh just knows everything, so he'll he'll know about the emu war. But just Google it. Google the emu war. Yes, um, it's kind of sad. It's kind of funny. It's all kinds of things. Anyway, um, it's. It's the ridiculous you would expect out of them. Oh, totally. Exactly. That's the best way to put it. Exactly. So, um, yeah. Next one was, uh, Nick, what is your video game Hall of Fame? Yeah. So, I've I've thought about this for a while. Um, Just, like I said, going through the episodes, trying to think of what I would recommend. Um, For me, one of the best games I played was Hyper Light Drifter. Oh, yeah. Uh, It's kind of like a... pixelated top down not as hard as dark souls but mm. kind of dark souls it gets those comparisons sometimes yeah yeah it's it's like zelda with guns it's a it's a super sweet pixel art um top down dungeon explorer yeah and it's it's just i love the aesthetic i, I love a lot about it my all-time recommendation i i don't even not all-time recommendation, but, like, one of the games I've played for the longest time uh, beyond just normal stuff is an is a indie game called The Battle for Westnoth. The Battle for Westnoth is a hex grid tactical RPG, and it's an open open source game that's been in development since, like, 2006 Dang. or some shit. Like, if not earlier. And so I, I haven't played it recently, but I sunk so many hours into that as a kid cool. because the modding community, there's like a consistent modding community for it. And and so the base game has these six factions, um, kind of follows the Middle Earth aesthetic of, mm. of Lord of the Rings where it's uh, one faction's humans, one faction's elves, one faction's like the dwarves, another faction's undead, another faction's the... Um, drakes which aren't as prevalent in middle earth but like that's they kind of filled it out with these dragon characters and then i feel like i'm missing one i said six right anyway so it's got this little dynamic there's the different characters if you've ever played fire emblem it's kind of like that where if a if a character dies in a mission they're gone forever but in this game you only have within each each uh storyline a handful of actual like story characters everyone else you just recruit as as like generic characters but you can level them up and there's this like whole class system in the game where it's they they get experience and they turn into like a level two or level three so you almost build um, relationships with them inherently you're just like oh and and yeah it creates a drama too like you're talking about fire emblem before and i i i need to play that now you've mentioned it twice but like i i really respect a game that deals with loss that way that it's like it's not just giving it back to you uh you know a character whatever it's like no it's gone and you've got to reconcile with that and it creates a drama that can't be done any other way you know it's like no I've- oh yes Gr- growing up i save scum so much the, the, <laughs> the concept of save save scumming is like so in this game they it does an automatic turn save yeah so at the beginning of each turn there's like an auto save and so the idea is like if you fuck up your turn you just go back a turn or two and like make a different decision and that's always how i played but then once i started playing online you can't do that because you're playing against other people so i was like i don't really like that i'm more of a casual player i'm more of a casual player in all games yeah so what i found was this mod uh pack 
called Survival Extreme. And so instead of having a general in your army and you're recruiting units, the idea is that you took a single unit and you start upgrading their health, upgrading how much damage they do, upgrade their resistance to certain types of attacks and yada, yada, yada. Mm. And it, it was this variant of play that I really enjoyed. And I, I sunk so many hours into that. So if, if uh, at any point someone wants to play with me, it's been a while. Cool. But I would love to play a survival extreme uh, playthrough. And those take just a couple hours. So it, it is a little bit of a time commitment. But like the by the end, there's just like crazy wacky stuff you can do because your character goes from... Uh, in this game, it's a it's it's a strike system that that that's a poor term, but it it's um like a, a archer, a human archer has a dagger that's melee. It's like two five damage for two strikes. So the idea is it it has the chance to do five damage twice, and each of those have a percent hit chance based off of the opposing unit's defense and the opposing unit's defense is based off of its like what race it is and the terrain it's sitting on Mm. so like dwarves are higher defense in mountains uh if you have humans they're kind of neutral everywhere elves are higher in forest so you have certain amount of damage certain amount of times it could possibly hit and so in survival extreme you start adding more hits adding more damage yada 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 so um there's a variant of that that i really enjoyed growing up i'd love to play with someone hit me up hit me I, up I, the I, battle for west Nile. I, I love the idea the uh, community is still going too which is um that's really quite special so um no i dig that a lot awesome um next one was recommend us an album we talk of music now yeah music music uh took about pop music <laughs> pop music yeah i've never been much for pop music but uh, last year, an album that video. was popular by I really enjoyed was Run the Jewels Four mm. by Run the Jewels. Really good. Um, it's it's not even a matter of being good, but just like there's so much social commentary in all their albums, and the most recent one was so poignant for like some of the Black Lives Matter protests mm. last year, and so they the album came out. They I think they delayed it a little bit just because of the the protests, and then it came out and like. That that album made me cry just because there's like a line in there that's very it's a mic drop moment and they emphasize that mic drop moment in a live performance called Holy Kalama Vote mm-hmm. uh that they did on Adult Swim on like November 1st or something the the whole concept was to to um pledge that you were going to vote in the US elections and in part of that um was them performing uh from cover to cover Run the Jewels 4 mm-hmm. And uh, if you if you watch uh, "Walking in the Snow," there's there's a definitive mic drop moment in that song. So go listen to "Walking in the Snow" and uh, listen to the plight of your fellow human. If I have a less m- more timeless recommendation, uh, it's a little bit less aggressive. Um, my recommendation is "Since I Left You" by the Avalanches, oh. and this is something Sam and I were talking about recently. But this album is is like perfection. Yeah it's sonic sonic goodness it's a it's a it's a um 
some some kind of soup or jumbo that's just like all these ingredients and you're like oh it it cha- it's that thing it's that meal that uh uh that turns that girl into a blueberry yeah, and, and you're Willy right Wonka. it's like i can taste everything it's, it's yeah. over time wow. it, it's it starts turning into something else um, and you get those hints violet, back later violet like, beauregard yeah it's that's violet beauregard but it's like I, I, we love a food analogy around here you know that but um that's the perfect one it's like i taste um cupcakes i taste a steak dinner i stay i taste this the snozberries taste like snozberries yeah and it's it's that album is is one of the greatest i mean in my opinion australian albums ever made but um just a really important album we had that great chat that was for, just for the listener yeah go for it yeah for the listener you might have heard of it only because of the 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 single off that yeah, album yeah. but the single of the album is not representative of the rest of the album beyond just the genre that it embodies which is called plunder phonics mm. plunder phonics being, the genre, yeah. they basically they, they basically just went through crates of music found little earworms that they liked from old mm-hmm. music and different random examples and mixed it together in such a way that nowadays the content ID for these random samples that were never cleared are just the avalanches because they were mixed so <laughs> that's true. That's uh, true. beautifully together. So Frontier Psychiatrist, that's the single yeah. that people might know about. It's got this goofy music video. Go look that's that creepy, up yeah. and go, oh, that's weird. But then <laughs> listen to the rest of the album because the rest of the album's this beautiful tapestry of different elements being woven together. The songs blend together yeah, they're and all, turn into They this, are divided into tracks, but they're all um, essentially one big long track. Um, like they will fade into each exactly. other. Yeah, exactly. Um, no, that's that's special. I was going to say the uh, when you talk, I didn't know plunder phonics was the genre. That's uh, that's actually uh, illumination for me at the moment. Yeah, and so they say like Paul's Boutique by the Beastie Boys is a is an example, and then yes. Girl Talk yeah. was the one that came to mind for me. And that, in a way, that's kind of more just chopping up a lot of stuff, like uh, chopping up a lot of music people will know. Whereas I think something like the Avalanches is literally getting loops of things uh it, it definitely more abstract in a way too there might be a sound of a bird or like you know all mm-hmm. kinds of things and um yeah it, it's one of those things where if you take a clip of someone saying something and you just play it back and back and back you start losing the meaning of the words and start hearing the melody yeah. and the tonality and so they just do that over and over with these different clips of actual music but then non-music factors and they they bring it yeah. together to make this this orchestra Ooh, uh it's not the avalanches but it's a it's another artist that does a something like that with sampling uh neil sasierga has these oh i was gonna uh, say that albums. i haven't listened mouth, to it yeah yeah mouth moods M- mouth sounds mouth which is feelings. Uh, which has been a recommendation on this podcast so a good example of of that um that he's one album's like completely focused on Shrek and 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 uh, <laughs> with, with a emphasis on Smash Mouth. But the example yeah. I want to give is called Starting Line. And so, so, if you go on YouTube, someone did a fan video for it. It the song's called Starting Line because it's like the starting line of a bunch of like late nineties oh, and early two thousands nice. pop songs. And so. Like, there's the song Cake where it's reluctantly crouched at the starting line. So that's, like, I think where the name of the song comes from because that yeah. clip is in the song. But it's it's all these... You just have to listen to it because it turns into yeah. this concophonous... Uh, symphony at some point where you're like, oh, like, I'm just hearing a a orchestra 
come to a crescendo and the actual yeah. like source material stops mattering and it starts turning into this um this own thing unto itself and that's what i think sets neil sasierga apart from like maybe a i don't want to say lesser but you know a lesser artist who would be like oh i just take a sample and i repeat it and i put over a track you know this is not that this is that times a hundred where you're like i'm gonna take these samples and compose them as if they're their own instruments and try and form this this synthesis between them and form this like uh, so the whole albums um, by Neil Sasierga are very, very interesting because of that. Um, I actually... It's it's a so mosaic, po- if you will. Yeah. Yeah. He's kind of popular from those nowadays, but I grew up on Neil, Neil Sasierga's um, other project called Lemon Demon. Like when I... Mm. After my buddy showed me uh, this flash animation called The Ultimate Showdown of Ultimate Destiny when I was like 13... All I did was download Lemon Demon music and listen to it for like three years until I until I got exposed to other stuff and like I grew up on classic rock because of my dad so it's like I listened to Pink Floyd and Lemon Demon like that was that was my personality <laughs> when I was fourteen like yeah. mix them in a cocktail exactly yeah no I love it I love that to bits and it's um it, it's also that that analogy too that that what what. I, I can I can tell give you delight in music is is finding things that warp perceptions a little bit and like they change uh like these are using things on a granular level to make something different and like stripped of their original context and put into new context I think that's is super super yeah. fascinating yeah for sure um yeah no th- oh, I love that one uh so next one was uh best magic art so your I I keep thinking this sounds like magic harp the pokemon magic art <laughs> but your favorite well, magic I mean, art yeah if you, if you just frame it as favorite magic art i think that yeah. makes more sense than best magic art that's yeah. just anyway that's a quirk anyway um i was thinking <laughs> about this i didn't really have an answer um the best i could come to is the artist um wiley beckett um yeah beck beck be- art but a card they have not released yet that's that's my answer i like whatever the red red like non-damage spell that they come out with eventually that's going to be my favorite (laughs) Mm -mm. um i'm also looking through the mystical archive and really digging a lot of these compositions overall this type of art is is what i dig um and i think I, I didn't even see this spoiled, but there's this one compulsive research. It's got some like sacred geometry on it, and like some, oh, I saw that too. Some, that one like, stuck out to me today. Like, I was like oh. moons and shit, and I yeah, I just saw this me. right when we started recording, and I'm like, oh, okay, that's my answer. Like yeah, so, <laughs> exactly. Uh, the yeah, Wiley this... Beckett. That's that's my eventual answer, but for now, my favorite magic art is is compulsive research's mystical archive art. I like yeah, it. I think it's got this mystical uh, aspects to it. Yeah, it's mystical. Yeah, that, <laughs> I love that. That's a, that's a really it's a really nice time for those to be coming out when uh, we're talking about such concepts too, and it just it fits so synergistically that uh, this is the type of you know we we're talking about those concepts before, but represented visually. Uh, that's kind of what speaks to me too. You've got like aspects of geometry. You've got juxtaposition you've got different art styles kind of blended into one you've got graphical elements too like i think there's a a lot more 
it's a lot less still life, of course, and more, mm-hmm. you know, um, it's kind of yeah. embellished. And, like, yeah, it's. I, I love this collection that I want them. I want them all, and I can't wait for that's, the set to come out. That's a good it's... point. A lot, of, a lot of magic art is, like, if you took a, a five-second GIF and just sliced one of the frames out, like, that's mm. what, uh, you know, it's, it's you're in the middle of it, whatever it is with magic art most of the time. But yeah. the mystical archives, a lot of them aren't, in the middle of i mean they are but they aren't i don't know oh do you mean like compositionally too yeah they've got a lot of like almost like the comic book um principles too like you're using it's more of a freeze frame than the actual like it's it's less of a screen grab and more of a freeze frame representation of what's happening where magic art sometimes is just like this thing is happening and i'm depicting it i I don't know if that distinction makes sense but no definitely because they're these are more conceptual representations of what's happening and i I love that to bits and now i mean we touched on very briefly what the uh um the you know the whole issue with faceless looting and people getting very upset but i actually think uh, all i need to say too about that piece of art look at it look at it without the frame and it will make a lot more compositional sense. Yes, I, I, it I looks saw amazing. Someone, someone like, and it's posted it, on yeah. Twitter. I was like, okay, this is still my least favorite, but seeing oh, the true. full art non-cropped version, I, I like it more. I can appreciate it more actually seeing the entire because composition. It, I'm not going to sit it, here critiquing it, but no, I'm totally. looking at the entire list of Mystical Archive. It's still my least favorite, prob- probably. Yeah, the composition's I don't, I don't excellent. know 100%. Um, but, because it, and it's got it's got balance. It's got um, really yes. interesting yeah, lines the, going. The to balance, it and it's, the balance got cropped off with the cropping. I think that's that's probably yeah, just exactly. The, but um, yeah, it's and I think this is it's why I've seen this this kind of um, selection of cards become some of the most divisive and and you know people jamming out of the woodwork with all their opinions about it because it is least like some of the least like magic cards we've ever seen. And I adore them because, I mean, uh, from a graphic design perspective, it's a lot more, like I say, graphical. And it's, you know, some of these things are definitely less lifelike and, and it's it's more about how... They, and it's, that's the thing. It's like, I think some of Seb McKinnon's art was kind of leading down some of these mm-hmm. paths. And mm-hmm. I, that's and, and, and leading us to, like, just going wild in this kind of sense. Like, there's, well, I, I could run through. I, I could run through so many of my favorites already, and it's yeah. yeah I, I was I excited when Secret Layers first started coming out because it, it yeah, was like yeah. those the Serum Visions. It's like, oh, they're expanding, experimenting yeah, with exactly. art. Like glitch and I'm art glad and stuff, that yeah. they. It's kind of interesting because we we often or I you know the people I interact with often criticize Wizards of the Coast for a lot of their decisions. They yeah. often you know pivot before something has payoff but i like that they not yeah. only switched up the art style for this entire selection but the whole like showcase treatment that they've been cycling through each set this is beautiful i'm glad that this exists even if not all of them are are like a hit i there's not that many misses for me with the the mystical archives maybe the card selection could have been different overall these are 63 really unique pieces of art with a unique border to go with it i am happy i'm very yeah, yeah. happy with the mystical like, archive like you I'm say it's not secret lair that and it's the thing about i mean very much in in the premise of uh, of art in a way anyway it's not so much that they they don't all have to be home runs and that's not that's never a guarantee it's more the fact that they stepped up to the plate and it's like that's special to have the courage to do that as well um so yeah 
that's, it's going to be amazing. I can't wait to have some of these cards. It's going to be sweet. Because I think my favorite part also is that a lot of them might be for cards that might do pretty just normal things in Commander. Like uh, like it's it's like a Harmonize or it's like an Ephemerate or like mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. they're, they're, they're your, sometimes your common, uncommon level cards. And you're like, oh, sweet. That's a great excuse to leave some of the glue in the deck. Like, a, you know, like a strategic planning, like I said, it was amazing. And it's a, that's a card that... Might make the cut in some of your decks just as like kind of a a piece that does something and it like glues the rest of the deck together. But like it's it's when it's got art like that, <laughs> it's yeah. like it, it, that's it's hard to in. cut once it looks so sweet. Oh, yeah. yeah, it's incredible. Like opt as well. I've always liked opt, but like now it's like yeah, I kind of really want to do that. So it's it's like it, it's a great reason to eat your vegetables and commander some of these effects. So I love it. it. it upsets me with like dark ritual because i love this art but there's so much good dark ritual art it's like yeah oh, uh, dark ritual has do some pick, of the do i best pick art the new cool looking <laughs> one or the old cool looking one? Oh yeah yeah exactly exactly so um <laughs> uh yeah no should be good uh next one was go that one shish recommend us a movie to watch yeah i'm gonna cheat with this one and say mr robot because um, it was a tv series on I was going to say, that's not a problem. <laughs> it, it was a TV <laughs> series on USA um, yeah. by Sam Esmail. And Sam Esmail's original concept was to do a single movie. And he had a script written and everything. And then when it got picked up, it got ended up turning into a show. And the show, kind of from the get-go, already had the beats planned out and it ended up turning into a four-season. He, he From the beginning, I, I think... Even prior to season one being released, he said, hey, this is like a four to five season show. I know exactly what I'm going with in the large scale, maybe not the minutia, right? And so I can feel it. When I'm watching this show, it feels like not a single shot was wasted. I'm not a fan of like sitcoms and just reality TV shows because there's too too much little things that you can look away and it doesn't really matter i don't enjoy too many shows like that personally and so Mm. mr robot is completely the opposite direction it's a it's a i think each episode's 40 minutes except for a couple of them um that are longer so it's essentially like a oh my gosh there's 12 episodes in each season it's a very long movie yeah i prefer that duration when um when when uh, for the right show when they do it that way it's it's a very long movie that feels like no shots are wasted some people complained about the second season it does it kind of not necessarily drags but you're the issue is you don't know where it's going so it kind of feels like nothing's happening but then something does happen yada 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 like mm. and the it gets recontextualized in season three and then season four recontextualized I don't want to spoil all of it because oh, this nice. is one of those shows that's great to not know what the hell you're getting into. Yeah. Um. If you if you need an elevator pitch, um, it's uh, I'm gonna this is gonna be a little joke and you'll you'll figure out why once you watch the show, <laughs> but um, it's it's like the it's like the concept from fight club where they do project mayhem and they're trying to blow up the credit buildings and reset everyone's finances and like put, put everyone at zero essentially. Mm. Um, the season one, Mr. Robot is that same conceit of project mayhem 
and them actually executing on that plan. And so that's a little bit of a spoiler, but that's like a season-long arc, and you find out how that happens. Uh, and I found that super fascinating. And so the rest of the show kind of deals with the 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 contextualization and expands on it. It The show really doesn't move that far in the future after... <clears throat> after this heist happens mm. uh which is really interesting and it really delves deep into the ramifications of certain certain choices and whatnot so um highly recommend mr robot i know it's not actually a movie but you might have passed up this the show because it's got kind of a goofy name mr robot you'll find out why um and it's kind of it's kind of a meme because the main character is like a the the ha- Mr. Hacker Man, you know, <laughs> literally Hacker Man. Uh, yeah, he's, exactly. he's literally Hacker Man from what was that? Con- uh, Kung um, Fury. Kung Fury. Fury? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. So he he is Mr. Hacker Man, but actually, <laughs> like you'll see these memes of Mr. Robot of of parroting that, but like it's actually that he is a hacker. He's he's a really good hacker, um, and the show has been praised for its attention to detail when it comes to operating computers on a level such as that where hacking actually works and the and show being, and shows being accurate with how. it too like it's it's like not yes. being like oh yeah. d- the, the 80s kind of like oh it's, it's not just... the tippy tappy tippy yeah, tappy, yeah, tippy yeah. tappy. <laughs> the hacker guy just Shit gets on the flashing keyboard. on the screen yeah, yeah, exactly. windows pop up and down and you're like what is going <laughs> oh, on like nedry like, off, it does uh, none of that nedry off jurassic that. park going oh no he's good at the security firewalls <laughs> no 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 none of that exactly and the the show will hook you don't worry like the the show the the opening scene you're gonna go like Wait, wait, what the fuck is going... Like, what? <laughs> and, so, but, highly recommend Mr. Robot. Love it. Rami Malek, too. So, um, yeah, have uh, yes. great He's Freddie a good, Mercury. very good actor. Yeah. Yeah. Look forward to it. Um, no, I definitely need to pick... I, I definitely need to try that. Uh, not... I don't want to say again, because I only really half experienced the pilot at a friend's place years ago. Mm. So, it's like, no, it's the type of thing. Sit down with that kind of recommendation. Uh, and go, yep, no, just watch it absolutely and, and enjoy it because, um, yeah, I, I think I, res- I respect all these concepts we're talking about and that actually really excites me. Love it. Mm. Cool, cool. Um, next one was uh, Chesh, fire it away. Faith Pokemon. <laughs> That's a good question. Um, I thought about this after listening, listening, and I came to a couple answer. answers. Um, you know, I, I grew up Snuggle. on Generation 1, uh, I didn't play at the time, but revisiting through like the remakes and stuff, um, I liked Parasect a lot. I like the Ooh. concept of the grass bug Pokemon. Yeah, like, uh, it's pretty. It's pretty unique. It's not crazy powerful, but it can it can pack a punch. Uh, I like that one. Um, I I don't even know if I have a Generation Two recommendation at the moment. Generation Three, I I only played briefly. Emerald. Uh, I think I beat it, but I played it. I played on my computer. Like I didn't. I didn't play it on the Game Boy. Yeah, I did. I played on a ROM emulators, Um, right? So Sableye, if if that's how you say it, I think. Is that black and white thing? Sableye. It's the one with the crystal eyes. Oh, different creepy crystal eyes. Yes, it's the little guy. It doesn't have a. uh, It doesn't have an alternate form. Oh, yes, yeah. Or an evolution. Yeah, there's no evolution. It's the the one with the crystal eyes. 
You specialize. <laughs> Dark ghost type. Dark ruby eyes. Weakness fairy. Yeah. And I, I, I didn't really I play fourth onward. I did, I did play a little bit of fourth, but not, not all that much. Um, for anyone at home who, who hasn't really uh, touched Pokemon in a while, I recommend, it, and, and you played it originally as, as growing mm. up or whatever, uh, go back to like gold version or, or maybe crystal because there's a little bit of streamlining with crystal and try what's known as a Nuzlocke run. Nuzlocke run is aka hard mode where the idea is that you can only catch the first Pokemon you encounter in each route. Cool. You can only catch the I first love one. That. I and love that. If you if you like kill it or if your Pokeballs don't work or whatever, you that's it. That's your one and done. And then if you if your Pokemon ever dies, you have to release it. So hard mode. Oh, I want to uh, do that so it, bad. That speaks to it, me so much. Oh, I love that. Make it heartbreaking, and you have to name all of them. Yeah, yeah, and and that's the thing <laughs> so too. Like we like, said before, Steve. adding adding a permadeath level of drama that uh, you know young me would have been like, that sounds miserable. I'll just like save skip whatever. Yes. And it's like now, and especially that's the way I played the Pokemon games with emulators. You could command F one and like then F one, and like you just like save state, and it's like ah, oh. so you could like fire your Ultra Ball off and then command F one in in process, and then keep F one. That's yes. kind of cheating. Be no. safe, safe scumming. It's safe, safe scumming, scumming. Exactly. But That's a great example. Of safe now, safe old scumming, me, yeah. uh, you know, like many years onwards, go. I just want this. Like I, I remember when Fallout Three came out. I was like, I just want that, um, that, that mod or the the version where it's hyper survival mode, and I want some drama and some like, anguish and like, especially a when unique, a unique experience. Yeah, yeah, and when you've got a party, it's like when they die, and it's like I remember that time we had together, and they're gone, and that's like that's it. So, oh man, I wanted a Nuzlocke run so bad. Have you done that, Church? No. Oh, I'd be keen. I've, d- I've done a couple. Oh, yeah. So, uh, say Sabli. How do you say that? Sabli. It looks like Sabli. Uh, was one of my Pokemon. Sabli. Sabli was one of my Pokemon when I did an Emerald uh, Nuzlocke run. So that's that's part of the and, reason and made why it to the that end. answer is that. Uh, I didn't beat the game. I got I got like halfway through. This was my second run through Emerald. Yeah. My first one. Run. <laughs> i love that idea though it's like yeah and th- those pokemon will mean the most to you for the longest time after that that's so cool so like, remember the times we had <laughs> it's amazing memories memories i i love that so much that's awesome um and a good way to round it all out you know this uh you've you've listened to enough of these to know this is how we punctuate it all but um uh nick g3 in just a few words what does magic mean to you Magic means words turn to action. Ooh. And that's that's my that's my more esoteric answer. I mean I I, I do believe in the gathering and the actual social aspect. Course, yeah. But that is encompassed for me within this concept that we were kind of touching upon earlier, where it's like there's this aspect to language and perception where it's not fully captured by the symbols we use to represent it. Yeah. But magic is a microcosm for capturing a lot of that and so even if it can't capture everything magic means the gathering because it's a game that requires implicitly other players um and so that's that's the gathering but magic also means you know the words that are on it and they are game pieces and they have to be played in a certain way but magic also means the 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 aspects of of what a like booster pack is and so it's like okay what 
what could a card be in this this pack? Mm. It could even be a boat. <laughs> My favorite thing. Exactly. So so the action the action of opening a pack is a is a promise of the words that a booster pack is. So it's it's this. Uh, I don't know. That's that's just like a <laughs> microcosm for for everything. Magic is words made into action. It 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 converts it converts concepts into things that happen in real life. Mm. And I think that's one of the coolest answers we received. And not only that, but one of the coolest conversations we have. And I I hope everyone's still keeping up with that because it explored territories that like I'm like I'd, that's the best fun we're talking to, to Nick about this stuff. It's just like or or anything really. Like we get onto avenues we we've never thought we could travel down, and you know, literally like it's it's like the Carl Sagan jump on the uh, the spaceship of our minds type stuff, which sounds really funny. <laughs> that's what it feels like when we have these conversations. So I, I appreciate that so much. We've um kind of travelled some cool ground, and and hopefully uh, people have got to think about their beloved game of Commander and how special it can be, and 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 greater to that, yeah concepts in life in a way too so um love it yeah hopefully hopefully you know i i didn't turn in anyone off and make them go ah oh, fuck these commander crunch guys they had <laughs> g3 on and he was talking all all woo woo nonsense <laughs> i think it's the type of thing i think we've established enough of a tone anyway that we're, we're going to indulge in such conversations anyway and uh you can expect sometimes a three-hour podcast if we need to that's fine that's what we do uh and and I, i've got to be honest they're actually I was always unsure if anyone had the appetite to do that. And we've had feedback that like, yeah, that's actually what I love. And <laughs> those episodes tend to do quite well too, if they are quite ridiculously long, because we touch on topics that we're, we're not afraid <laughs> to like abridge it in any way. Uh, we don't, sorry, we're not, we're not feeling like we're forced to abridge anything. We're just like, we're seeing where it goes kind of thing. And it's natural. So um, yeah, it's the type of thing. Yeah. If, if people are listening to us for what we do anyway, they probably going to hopefully enjoy that but at the same time if it's not for you it's not for you that, that's fine go nuts maybe try us again next week who knows but um and that's the thing we, yeah. we get we yeah, get when, different people when g3's not on <laughs> exactly no no i had so much fun talking about that stuff so um i i yeah appreciate uh that but i also you know as i said at the start very much appreciate you um nick and and you know, it's. I was going to make the joke at the start. We're uh, we're doing our best to collect them all or catch them all uh, of the of the Lexicon <laughs> crew, and we've got three out of however many there are. It's uh, so we're, it'll happen we're built, eventually. We're it. Yeah, you still need Dale, Johnny, Matt H, my brother, who you might never get, and then also uh, <laughs> uh, Nick. Wait, am I missing? You're someone? missing Nick, the other Nick. Nick yes, Nick yeah, S. So yeah, Nick yeah. S, I think. Yes, the other Nick, Nick S will be the next one. No, I've already talked to him uh, for the next coming weeks. And uh, Ooh, I remember good. when Jeff good. Jeff's episode was the first one we did, of course, of with a Lexicon member. And I want to say it changed that my role in the community, the, the the magic community forever, because it was we pe- became a kind of part of you guys spiritually in a way. It's, it was great. Uh, I don't even know how that happened. How how do you like, how do you approach uh, Jeff? Uh, it happened with Chesh. Like, <laughs> how did it happen, Chesh? Okay. How did, like, how did how, what happened? Like, like you played some commander with with uh, first of all Lexicon, and then was it? Did you have a game on commander distancing with? with jeff or do you having a chat to him and said jump on this podcast we're doing and is that how it kind of happened i mean if you want to go back to the root of things g3 <gasps> me knowing you guys is actually your fault <laughs> i believe it i believe it yeah. you see because g3 at one point made a post out to the world 
about trying to find gameplay channels. Ah, ah the list. Ah, you were part of the list. list. And I was part of the uh. list. So technically, it all comes down to you, my yeah. friend. Ooh, I believe Don't it. Power. I believe it. And uh... I, I'm a, I'm a. Uh, what's what's the term? An emulsifier. Yeah. yeah. I was going to say, a, a G3 flapped his, you're, you're a a G3 flapped his wings and uh, Ashton Butcher kind of made a p- Commander podcast one day. So. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm a spiritual butterfly <laughs> flapping my exactly. wings. No, I love it. Um, but yeah, so, so as I said, uh, uh, yeah, Nick, uh, the other Nick, was like, oh, I remember after that, he's like, I don't know if I could, I have the time uh, being a dad and everything like that. I can't, I, I don't think I could do a three hour podcast. And I was like, we would do as short as long as like, you no, need to. No one's going to make no, you. Exactly. Yeah. Like, come <laughs> along, hang out, whatever. And and that was then. And, and recently he's been like, actually, let's do it. And, and I was like, yeah, we'll, we'll figure out a time. So that'll be in the next few weeks, I believe. And uh, I know he has a whole bunch Heck of stories. Yeah. That's the whole point. Everyone's got stories to tell. And, and we're here to kind of, help tell them i guess is the way to put it so um look forward to it he was he was the driving force for uh early days of of lexicon uh when it comes to lexicon lore he's he's one of our lore keepers (laughs) in a way he knows a lot of a lot of those nuances because he was handling like our youtube the whole process that i was talking about earlier of converting the from twitch to youtube he was handling that for a while until he ended up having a kid um but i was in game one of episode Mm -hmm. one and I think we did two games, episode one. That that content's horrid. But if you want to know like a starting point for what a six year old we're in our sixth year. If you want to know what a channel that doesn't do full time content and see the 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 trajectory of a few years, uh it's a good example. Yeah. Uh maybe maybe not as drastic of a change, but enough of, of a change to make you go, Oh, okay, yeah. They, they the important part is starting uh, but, is the point there. It's like, yeah. If anyone's if anyone's exactly. ever thinking yeah. about so, it ep- but worrying about their like initial quality and that kind of stuff, the important part is starting. Yeah. So episode one is myself, my brother, and Brandon, our producer. Um, Brandon's face is plastered on it for some reason <laughs> and has a video feed of him typing on the computer, and it has a board state for my brother and I, and it's a it's a one v one duel of of commander. Uh, episode two, I think, was similar, and then. Uh, Nick got involved, and then after that, they quickly pivoted to doing like three, sometimes four player content. And so he he kind of held it down for the first year and a half or so. He's he's really he was the driving force for keeping keeping it kind of consistent, making it you know a Saturday night thing uh, versus just oh well, yeah, sometimes we'll yeah, stream or like whatever. Yeah. Uh, he he was yeah he was really he was the 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 keeper of the keys when it came to making it a thing as far as interests go um so i'm i'm, I'm glad for nick keeper of the keys the master of the house <laughs> <laughs> yes exactly so that mantle kind of passed on to me um later on uh but at the at the start nick definitely held it down and he he still played through you know he was he was, i don't want to say he was unimportant but he was still important in in the the in our crew pretty consistently until I think halfway through 2018 yeah. or so um or or late 2018 so he, at least half of the channel's life he's he's had like a, a pretty yeah. prominent role in our and content then, he's just backed off because his his role in in his job has excuse me has increased and he he's now um 
the father of two children and you know life. yeah exactly and uh, i've always enjoyed that dynamic that all of you can have that conversation and go i need to take a step back for the moment but where everyone's still always part of the family and, and it's super nice so yeah um he does of course turn up from time to time on the stream and um i've played a bit of commander with him as well it's it's good fun so yeah but uh, we all understand life Life is complicated and we've all got things to do and, you know, you're never, like, exiled from the community. It's like, you're always part of it. It's great. Yeah, he, even he he tried to self-exile <laughs> himself, which is the funniest thing. He's like, you know, I you know, I, I understand if I'm not host anymore. Yeah, like, what's I, the it's point? Like, it's like, okay, yeah. like, I'm leaving. It's like, and we're like, dude, like, just, you, you can still stay in the host chats. Yeah. Like, we're not going to kick your account or That's anything, right. like... It's ch- it's chill. Yeah, exactly. It's chill. Exactly. Uh, cool. Um. Uh. Well, again, again, it's always like a finding a little like pocket of lexicon law is always fun. So I know we've got plenty more to, uh, stories to um to tell again. But uh, yeah, no. Uh, again, thanks for regaling us. Uh. But uh, we're going to move over to, of course, the way we like to bookend the whole episode long thing situation. Uh. With the entertaining. That's what we do. Uh, and it's kind of just highlighting any non-magic media that has that taste or attention for the week. Uh, and I know Chesh has some lined up. I had one I alluded to before. Um, but Nick, do you have anything lined up now, or do you want a hot minute to to think about it? Um, you know, I I've been watching a few different things. Um, I I don't want to recommend movies or anything again, so I'm I'm going to recommend a um animator on YouTube called Worthy Kids. Mm-hmm. Uh, one of my favorite pieces of media recently was uh, something called Wire by Worthy Kids. It's a two-minute short. It's an animated short. It's animated by Worthy Kids, and it's it's got original music by Worthy Kids, and it's got an entire like arc story in that two-minute period. And then just go watch their backlog of of content. Love, um, you know, quirky, unique art style, and I, I really appreciate their their sense of humor and their what the art that nice and that that's spelled w-o-r-t-h-i-k-i-d-s is that correct yeah nice correct check it out yeah uh chesh what did you have this week you been well, busy i'm happy you asked <laughs> um sorry i have been busy uh the first one i want to say is that uh i i can't believe i was right and that um uh that 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 magic uh, legends is basically a diablo clone but not yep. as good which is what I, I saw I, I heard a few people kind of uh speculating it to be exactly yep. it's just it's just, bum, bum, it's just another, in the long line of, of diablo clones that takes the worst aspects of diablo and tries to make yep. it work including a random deck of spells not cards of spells that uh, let let me tell you after the last 20 years of playing RPGs and MMOs why this is a bad idea a random spell allotment so that when you press a button to cast a spell and then your mana has to recharge and it pops in a new random spell so it's like spell, chaos wand i'm not looking at the spells i'm looking at the state of quote unquote yes. the board as I would with a card game or a board game to see where things are that I need to kill and what I need to prioritize. When oh, you give me those crowd spells, control instead yeah. of damage, yeah, I'm yeah. screwed. It's, so like, just what? It just, yeah, it, just, it just does. It's it's random, random yeah. spell. It's like, oh, there you go. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. 
may as well just be a button that just says, ha, ha, random That's... spell. <laughs> and it is horrible. It's the Google, it, that is It's horrible. the Google option, surprise me. It's like, oh, no. <laughs> yes. Now, the other thing about Magic Legends and why it doesn't work as an MMO is because min-maxing and stuff like that is a big part of MMOs yep. and why they work. Raiding counters, etc. Another big thing. Multiplayer is a huge thing and making me wait 30 hours or whatever it is to get into multiplayer situations. Mm-hmm. Anyway, let's move on to something yeah, else. Yeah, when they, when they announced it, didn't they announce it as an MMORPG? And then it, oh, the news came out. Oops, sorry, y'all. It's it's more of an action <laughs> RPG and it's, you can't really play with a bunch of other people. It's what? like, what? Why, why would yeah. you do this? Like, couldn't you have just been well, straightforward no. with us? My For big once. thing is when they were like, You'll have a deck of spells that you can customize. And everyone... Oh, that's vague enough to work. (laughs) Oh, man, that's going to be amazing. That's just like Chandelier. Yeah, yeah. Except it's nothing like Chandelier. People still love Chandelier, too. And and in fact, you know what? If they had have just remade fucking Chandelier with updated graphics, everyone would have been fucking happy. I feel the same way about Battlefront 2. If they just remade the PlayStation 2 Battlefront 2... Oh my god! Yeah. I would have bought. I would have bought the current generation of of consoles just to play yeah. that. But uh, exactly. they did not mm-hmm. do that. Mm-hmm. I'm talking about a different they than Watsy in this case. But EA and Watsy uh, seems to take a lot from the tri- same trip on the play, same trap but, sometimes. But I don't want to yeah. get into it's that like, ooh, money. Money. Mm. Yeah. yeah. Uh, now the other one is Ghost Town Living. Um, so this is a dude who got some investors together and bought a mining ghost town in Cali, uh, up in the hills of California, and called uh, Seragero, I think it was called, or Gerocero. Anyway, regardless, look it up. Ghost town mining um, is amazing. Um, But yeah, so ghost town living is probably like the the biggest thing that's caught my attention in the last week. Um, He's basically revamping a whole ghost town into being... Um, one part creative space for artists and filmmakers for events and things like that. Um, also to preserve the town, which I'm, I'm a massive fan of. I think that's really fucking mm-hmm. cool. Um, he does talk about some of the unpleasantries that have happened for that mining town to be there, uh, which he touches on. Uh, and that is, uh, it's near Fort Pleasant, I think it's called. In California, mm-hmm. from memory. Um, and if anyone doesn't know their American history, uh, pretty much what happened was uh, the people of the land were driven out of those mountains so that white folk could go and mine, um, and and it was a pretty big deal. Plunder the and, natural resources, etc. Yeah, et cetera. Um, pretty much uh, so that they could uh, pillage the land. So... To do this because, you know, it was like, I think the area where Apaches and stuff were, they basically set up a fort uh, quite well, close enough to this this mining village um, that they ended up putting up. But they basically put up a fort so that they could uh, kill and force out the traditional owners of the land, which is absolutely fucked. If you know your history, you know all about this. And if you don't, educate yourself. Um, but he does talk a little bit about that as well. Um, but it, it's mostly just him saying like, you know, well, we bought this ghost town, um, and it's, you know, a previous mining town from the early 1900s and 
we're going to basically do it up um, as a, a really cool creative space and also to like, you know, keep some of that history alive. So yeah, it sounds amazing. It's it's cool, and on the other side of it, it's also one of those like, should I be watching this? Because I feel like that land should just be turned over to the traditional owners. Like, really, really. So it, it's it's a weird, almost. I don't want to say guilty pleasure because that's not entirely correct. Um, but I feel guilty yeah. watching it's it. It's cultural guilty pleasure, and not I, in the normal sense. It. It's not yeah. like a personal thank you. Pleasure. Yes. Mm. Yeah. Uh, very much a yeah has has me on the back foot because i feel like i shouldn't be watching it and giving it any attention because it's like if you're going to oh man if if you're gonna absolutely acknowledge the fact that the land was pretty much like stolen and the people were forced off but you've just got to like paid 1.4 million to buy that land just give it to the people anyway yeah Yeah. don't make a tv show out of it yeah Yeah, and and it's it's just YouTube, and he's very much a white dude mm-hmm. doing white dude things with his white dude beard. Oh, actually, so, speaking of white white people things, I have a second recommendation, and this is a total. Oh no, I, I don't actually, I don't actually. It is a white people thing because it it has to do with QAnon, and that's total. I don't know any non-white QAnon <laughs> people like. It's, anyway, the the thing's called "In Search of a Flat Earth" by Folding Ideas. It was this like um, YouTube documentary made by Folding Ideas back in like August, and it is so beautifully composed. It goes. It starts out as a in person conjecture or or like proof of of the curvature of of the Earth, right? By yeah, using yeah. this this certain method within this lake that's long enough to to be able to measure oh, the, the curvature or whatever. Bloody brilliant. But then it, he, he starts talking about the, the philosophy of flat earth, the type of people who, who touch into flat earth. And that's just like the first half hour or whatever. And the, or like the first hour. And then the second half is like, well, the type of people who believe in flat earth innately tie into the type of people who believe in QAnon. And then he, he goes through this like, dissemination of like what the fuck is like the philosophy of QAnon and like why are people believing these things and how could you fall into this this like mental trap of 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 belief and I, I found that super fascinating. It was is probably one of my favorite pieces of content in the last last few years. So uh that's my my other recommendation is In Search Dang, of the yeah. Flat Earth by Folding Ideas. I just found it, and it says uh, underneath the uh, the title in the description, it just says clickbait title. The twist at 37 minutes will make you believe we live in hell. <laughs> 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 oh, there's some great satire there. That's it's it's excellent. It's um no, I can't wait to watch that actually. Yeah, it'd be a good one. Cool. And what's what's uh, your Sam? Yeah, so uh, a couple of little bits and pieces for this week, and uh, the one that uh, well, first of all, I'll start off with. Uh, something that came up musically, and it's usually mine are probably more musical and, and other things, maybe video games, whatever. It's the way it goes. Uh, but we were talking about uh, the idea, I was talking to Jeff about it, and then also uh, Roger, a.k.a. Grinnan from the Lexicon community. Uh, and, and Roger's got some some great taste in that stuff, and he's put me on some sweet stuff, and we've shared a bit of music, that kind of thing. Um, but uh, My Analog Journal is a great YouTube um kind of sub to go check oh. out and it's people just in some really 
lovely apartment kind of settings or like houses and just like they're they're just doing their own little dj mix uh having a coffee usually and sharing some amazingly rare and weird albums and uh stuff you've never heard before and usually within a theme so there's one i'd just recommend the japanese city pop and jazz funk vinyl set and it's 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 <laughs> like for people that are into this kind of thing and the vinyl scene and that kind of stuff it's pretty hugely known it's fine it's um uh, but i just keep going back to that particular one he recommended that and it's got me down a a rabbit hole of you might get some like interesting like um you know like turkish music oddities and like rock from the 70s and then like might, one might be like some russian funk and like just all kinds of and and brazilian soul and like he's like this is amazing um kind of stuff where it's also celebrating that thing i love which is looking for records and each one you see them from the top down view of the the turntables and they show the record and like they do the gatefold and they they play it and they're drinking a coffee it's just the best vibe and it's it's incredible so highly recommend that um but the other thing i had and it kind of linked right back full circle to what we're talking about kind of conceptually from the get go um that idea of not speaking or not communicating in words and, and using energy or wavelengths, that kind of thing, uh, really reminded me of one of my favorite books I've ever read. Um, it's kind of, it's, it's so endearing to me because it's, 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 it's got all its weird kind of quirks to it. It's fantastic. It's a book called Spider World by Colin Wilson. So it's a, it's a series of three, um, I believe. So it starts with the desert. I think the tower is another one. I can't remember the third, uh, the fortress, I think. Anyway, um, but this series is amazing and it always kind of is a memorable series for me for, you know, all time basically. So I believe it was published in the 80s. Uh, it's got the type of like sci-fi fantasy art on the cover that is perfect. It just looks like trashy 80s sci-fi novel. It's, it's amazing. I love that aesthetic so much. <laughs> it's great. A little bit of horror, a little bit of, uh, yeah, definitely sci-fi type stuff. Um, but what it is, Colin Wilson's a really fascinating author and did a book on the occult. Uh, there's another one called The Mind Parasites, The Philosopher's Stone. Um, just uh, a lot of like kind of darker kind of subject matter as well like in an interesting way uh i think some non-fiction stuff as well but um this one in particular and i'm not a massive reader I'll, I'll preface that so i take ages to read books and this one i flew through this stuff it was it was amazing um i'll say murakami as well at the same time on a side note is like a way an author can convey very abstract concepts and it just gels in my mind um, this is what Colin Wilson does. And so this one's about basically a, a cataclysmic event led to some of the food chain being kind of distorted and warped. So basically the spiders of the overworld, uh, overlords of the world, which sounds like terrifying. Uh, and, and uh, that she- might be, that might be where, uh, there's a Rick and Morty episode where they go to a near a, yeah. similar earth, but the only difference is that there's like sapient spiders yeah, and i always I wondered whether that was just like a goof <laughs> or a reference that i wasn't getting oh so it so sounds like this might reference. be the reference i that so hope like it's the it. reference and i've never met anyone i don't think i met people that have read this book before and that was like my old neighbor like she handed it to me and she was like she was like mad into literature and stuff like that and she was like an aspiring author and everything and like she was she just like goes, I'll read this. And I'm like, well, it looks wacky and cool. And I'm like, and I read it. I'm like, oh my god, like this, this, this is life changing. Yeah, it's so good. It's it's some, it was one of the greatest adventures. But it's also the conceptual stuff that makes you think about. First of all, spiders are the only passive uh, predator when you think about it. They're reactive. Like they they sit there and they wait. They build something. They wait. And they they kind mm. of uh, it, it delves into the idea that these spiders are 
bloody huge, first of all. So, you know, uh, humans are kind of forced back into an existence of um, reclusion, I guess, almost like spiders are mm-hmm. do anyway. Um, so they're kind of living in fear of the spiders, basically, and uh, kind and of have machinations. to... Yeah, and they, they pretty much live, you know, very primitively uh, under rocks, that kind of stuff. The, the humans do, literally, hunting, that kind of stuff. Uh, spiders are terrifying. Uh, they don't communicate with words, of course. They communicate with... Uh, well, in this, it's kind of almost an extension of, you know, the way they might communicate with, like, spider webs or something. It's It's actually with wavelengths, and it's like it's using channeling kind of it's it sounds yeah it sounds so wild of course but it's it's like channeling energy to communicate and it's when one of the humans figures out how to do that and stop talking with crude words and and communicating concepts and that's it blew my mind the way it kind of oh, it's talked like, about uh, that arrival arrival oh if i yes no totally I, I love arrival is that the amy adams movie Adams, maybe and then they, as the main character, I guess. Yeah, yeah. They 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 uh they communicate in like kind of ink blots in a way. Yes, yeah. Yes. Oh, I love uh, that. And I love anything that kind of uh hypothesizes different ways to communicate. So, or, so know, there's a know. um a book I'm listening to right now. It's my uh it, I have it on Audible, so it's it's a series that I've listened to this is my third go through, and mm-hmm. I've read I've read physically read the series once. Um called the stormlight archive so i'm I'm in book oh, two right now it's yeah, by brandon sanderson and so there's brandon a sanderson. yeah you're right yeah there's there's a a um type of people's uh, i guess talking about race typically when i think about it, i i always think in fantasy races where it's like yeah there yeah. is actual distinguishable differences to me being a racist is insane because it's like we're all fundamentally the same but like exactly. in the fantasy sense exactly. actual yeah. race differences matter because it's like oh elves are humanoid but they aren't humans they have these different traits and same thing with orcs yada 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 yeah so anyway in, in this in the series the there's a native population um of of humanoids who um i guess it's it's mild spoilers but they they have a non uh a non-verbal communication mm-hmm. system uh and that always that always be- it the series is very good. That's also another recommendation. That's my entertaining currently. <laughs> uh, those other two recommendations are more uh, less less temporal, but I'm actively in this entertaining. Is yeah. the series is interesting because it it ta- it talks about trauma. It talks about like the human condition. It talks about what it means to be just and and honorable. And like yeah. the the series is also good because of these humanoid creatures that have this non typical communication style it it helps it helps the reader step back and go okay what if we were able to communicate and think in this way and be able to there's also these um these spirits they're they're kind of like uh commies or whatever they're 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 spirits but not not ghosty spirits more like uh animistic spirits um in the series and so they work as a little 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 ais kind of where you can bounce off ideas and they they you know they have their their fundamental nature where they're you know oh it's like a wind elemental or a earth elemental or whatever but they they are able to actually hold a conversation they have sentience they're able to talk with the person and be able to you're able to bounce ideas off of them and that yeah the the series kind of explores that in very interesting ways because of the way that 
dynamic is set up in a certain way, it allows the 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 person talking to the spirit to explore themselves. And I I really wish in everyday life we had they're called spren. I wish we had spren mm-hmm. because yeah, they, yeah. they work as as little whiteboard or whiteboards to bounce ideas off of. I yeah. wish I wish we had little AI assistants yeah, yeah, to be yeah. able to go, hey, you should brush your teeth dummy like yeah in a way like your own little form of therapy to bounce off too like yes yeah Yeah. i think that's huge and i i love that you know you can look at fantasy uh books whatever and you're like oh what they're always going to do the same tropes it's like no anything like that like you say it it kind of breaks outside of that and then gives you almost some actionable kind of perspective which is like for everyday life and that's exactly the sensation i got out of reading spider world which again awful title because it's just (laughs) <laughs> kind of just sounds really bad. Like it'll just not not bad. It just sounds kind of very pedestrian. Like whatever it doesn't do it justice. Yeah. Is my my but point. If if you like that actionable intent with found within fiction, Stormlight Archives great. For yeah, that. it takes it's a it's a slow build, but the series has a bunch of payoffs and like it actually has these these life lessons that you can internalize and yeah. that's jokingly i've i've joked about it before that's my religion like whatever is in this book and this like moral philosophy of like just be kind to others whether they're different race or they're different like social class or they're different like a mental understanding like just be kind to one another and try and be generous with your understanding with one another and be able to to operate with with good intent uh, there's there's a phrase there's a, a a phrase that you might want to internalize yourself is assume positive intent. Yes, there's bad actors out there. Yes, mm. there's people who who might be trying to like game the system, whatever the system is. But I try and operate from the position of of positive intent. Uh, there's a, a t- there's a term in cognitive science called a cognitive bias. Cognitive bias is is implicit in your programming. Mm. It's not it's not something you might be aware that you're doing, but it's these things that we we kind of just happen to fall into because of our our the way our brain structured. You've right? already pivoted um, to presumption in a way, you know, like oh yes, well, I've, so, I've, I've, so, I've, I expect them to be bad, and it's like, well, they haven't been yet though. <laughs> like it's and exactly they're kind of all, that concept is already winning. Then if that's the way, yeah, you're pivot around. There's something yeah. called the. F- fundamental attribution error and this error is a flaw in thinking because you attribute the foundation of action from another from a you assume negative intent from the other person and you assume positive intent from yourself and a lot a lot a lot a lot of interactions sour because of that perspective and you need to break that programming and assume positive intent from the other person give them a chance to prove that they're bad essentially don't give them a chance to prove that they're good assume they're good and let them prove you otherwise otherwise everything will be a foregone conclusion and it's it's kind of you're you're already pre like uh extrapolating that on the world you know <laughs> like you'll be- start act you'll start acting shitty to other people because yeah. you're like oh this person's acting shitty and da, 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 da. that person it. cut me off in traffic because they're an asshole it's like no they cut mm. you off because you didn't see that they were avoiding the thing in the road or they're they're rushing to their loved one or yada 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 like there's all these reasons you can attribute mm. to any action and if you attribute the reason for their action that they're a bad person 
you're already off on the wrong foot. <laughs> yeah, exactly, exactly. So that's that's my advice. I know that's typically how how the uh, show ends. So that, my <laughs> my advice to the viewer, oh, I've to the listener one. rather, yeah. is assume positive intent. I love it. Um, but yeah, the uh, and and I I, I agree with uh, the Brandon Sanderson uh, recommendation too because I I mean I haven't read any, but I um I've heard a lot of recommendations and it's the type of thing that absolutely just throws that over the line that I need to stop everything and, and start reading. Um, the was it the which which Mistborn saga is that what it's called? So Mistborn is an earlier series within the larger universe. Yeah, that series is pretty good too. Um, it was an earlier work, so there's Stormlight a Stormlight Archive. Sorry, n- I got the wrong one. But yeah, yes, no, you're right. Yeah, so there's a noted difference in in writing between Mistborn and and Stormlight. Yeah. If you first want to get into the Sanderson universe, Mistborn's a great start because oh, yeah. it's the first book. The first book's very self-contained. It's essentially a heist with magic, like a a bank heist. But they, you'll get into it. They basically <laughs> try and kill. They try and kill God question mark yeah uh by by bank heisting uh with magic uh it's it's very interesting and then the next book expands the scope of of scale and then the third book in that trilogy expands it even more and kind of zooms out and then gives you a little little bit of taste of what the the universe might hold stormlight a little bit more of a slow burn uh Mm. but if you are gonna read it i might suggest actually doing it through audible the readers for it it's two two readers and they 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 do a good job with it it's not a graphic novel it's not graphic reading or whatever where sound effects and shit there's none of that it's just two people reading either you know um, good voice male presenting or female presenting characters and go from there you know but but, uh, yeah i mean the final point it's gonna make brandon sanderson is of course a magic player yeah yeah so um, inspired can't, can't me to make bad, a, right? inspired me to make a commander cube uh thanks to that game nights episode so um yeah no it's amazing so um yeah gonna get into right into that too but uh as i said spider world by colin wilson if you can find it uh at an old dusty books bookstore or a uh you know on your i don't know if you read it on the what do you call them these days the kindles or whatever the little e-readers whatever find a way uh i love that book and i love that series so um yeah, weird book recommendations this week. I love it. But um yeah. Um I think that pretty much wraps it up. Um and I, I again I can't thank you enough, Nick, for um delving into the, the the human psyche, first of all, but like, you know, just like sharing those conversations and, and if anything, like I know when I t- I chat to you for a little while, I, I can always count on something. It gives me perspective to think about the way we approach the world, you know, and I, I know that they're huge, heavy topics for people to handle sometimes and like not, not, it's not everyone's always in the mood for that, but that's, you know, if, if, it if we can't talk I about it, if we, being... if we can't ever talk about it is the point, like then uh, yeah. I think that's an issue kind of thing. And, and because I know there's, there's, there's certain moments in life when people go, oh, that's weird or that's a bit like, that's a bit heavy and it's like, yeah, but like... <laughs> If you're going to shut yourself out to thinking that way your whole time, like, you know, that's, you kind of, you might be limiting your potential, so to speak. So, yeah. Well, I'm appreciative of you being a receptive audience <laughs> for, for my diatribe. Always, always. <laughs> no, and we, we are a receptacle. We are a receptacle. Oh, yes. Please dump, please dump your thoughts. We're a receptacle for ideas. <laughs> exactly. So, without further ado, anyway, we're going to sign off. Um, Chesh, where can we find you? My, my, my lad, my boy. Ah, uh, you can find me uh, where all good tech 
deck techs are free. The deck tech store. Yeah, that's that's right. The deck tech store. Uh, you can find me uh, on the Twitters at Chesh Plays, Cheshire Plays, Cheshire Plays. Um, you can find me on the YouTube at Cheshire Plays Games, and you can find me everywhere else as Cheshire Plays Games. Nice. And you can find me at Pass the Jam Sam uh, on the Twitters and the Instagrams, but more importantly, you find the podcast uh, at cmdrcrunch.fireside.fm uh, is the website. On Twitter, join the conversation at CMDR underscore crunch and at in- on Instagram at CMDR crunch. Now, where can the people find you, Nick, aka G3? Yeah, I'm spending too much time on Twitter <laughs> at G3 underscore lexicon. You can find my channel's content at MTG underscore lexicon on Twitter. In the Twitter bio, you'll find a Discord invite. If you click that, you can join our community Discord. You, you hear Sam uh go on and on about the community <laughs> discord if you want to join in yeah. on the fun it's free it's not an exclusive uh, we club. do have some yeah, jump on in yeah we have some we have some extra channels if you do decide to support um just takes a dollar or a twitch subscription and you get access to additional content um some stuff that might be more intimate than than to the general facing public yep. but if you want our lfg channel we i made that public um i i basically set up the entire discord so if you need help with discord content or whatever i can i can give you some advice uh hit me up in in your discord or my discord i might just be lurking in the channels you're already in just search <laughs> at g3 and i will probably pop and, up and you will be but yeah if nothing else i'd say it's also the most welcoming place so um yeah it's 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 been a, a beautiful tropical island and what sometimes feels in the uh the magic spheres a hellscape of you know other unwelcoming places so yeah come on aboard and come chat come hang out i'll usually be there as well so um it's a it's a good place for sure but um yeah as as uh g3 alluded to before we usually end with a uh a piece of he knows these these episodes well uh we usually end with a piece of advice but um i think i'm just going to say this uh this week just be in the moment as g3 said chess you got anything get a cat they're oh, great i love cats yeah yep can can confirm Different energy uh, wavelengths, like we say as well. They add something else to the house that I can't. It's it's like... alpha alpha brains and not <laughs> not j- not Joe Rogan's alpha brain or whatever. Like cat cats cats operate on alpha brains, which is when when humans are in alpha brain, it's more like a uh, intuitive and and less less analytical, which is very interesting to to think of. So cats cats don't care about what the fuck you're thinking they just live <laughs> in the moment I, I feel that so much Stevie is an alpha brain that's great <laughs> love it awesome alright till next week take care folks bye bye meow meow welcome to Commander Crunch episode <laughs> <laughs> what the fuck is this <laughs> never mind start again <laughs>